Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project. And as always, I have my incredible, outstanding co-host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Hi, everybody. And we are so stoked because, first of all, (laughs) (laughs) first of all, (laughs) first of all, we had some technical issues and we thought that we were going to ease our way into the show as we were drinking. So we're both drinking wine. And uh, yes, cheers. Cheers, Nani. Virtual cheers. And in case our listeners don't know, Nani and I are on different parts of America. She's on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast right now. However, from December 17th till about December 22nd, I'm actually going to be in the Bay Area. So yes, so I get to see Nani for the first time. And hopefully if you are in the Bay Area, you're not traveling at that time, I would love to meet you. I'm pretty sure Nani and I are might be drinking every day <laughs> together. More than likely. <laughs> yes. And um, you're probably just going to drink for the rest of that week because it's your birthday on the 21st. Yes, yes I, I do have plans to do that <laughs> yeah. as well. So, so you're going to have more drinking. <laughs> yeah, you are going to have a very interesting week for sure. <laughs> I'm going to have a great week, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the reason why we are super giggly right now is because, like we mentioned, we had technical issues for about an hour. And so for that hour, we've been drinking and trying to figure this out at the same time. And we finally did. (laughs) Yes, we finally figured it out. So sorry, but not sorry. There's going to be a lot of giggling on the show. We are already buzzed. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I feel I feel pretty buzzed. I feel like a good buzz. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like a good I'm at a good pace. Okay, good, good, yeah. I'm going to say that I am as well. Anyway, we are doing this special episode because it is Filipino American History Month, and today is the last day, October 31st, to celebrate Filipino American History Month, and we wanted to wrap it up with all of you by sharing a couple of other Panay visionaries that have been nominated through you and even ourselves, Nani and myself, and coincidentally... We have also hit the last episode I believe we had done, a special episode about our demographics and stuff, was about a 1,000 plays on the show. And at the time of this recording, we have hit 4,000 downloads, 4,000 plays for our podcast show. I can't even believe that because we just did that episode, Nani, of a 1,000 downloads. I know. I know. That was like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is ridiculous. And it just it just comes to show that people we we need these stories like people are hungry for these stories. And I'm just so honored to be with Nani, to be in this position, to really hold space for individuals in America or who have lived in America that are of Filipino uh, descent and identify as female to share their stories and their life lessons with us. Nani, I just wanted to see if you had any opening thoughts because, you know, I can talk for a while. (laughs) 
thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Jen, for giving me this opportunity to be a part of this project. Like I've mentioned on previous podcasts before, what I kind of knew, what I grew up knowing about my heritage and my culture was solely within the context pretty much of my own family for a really long time. And now that I'm doing this podcast, it feels like I found a new way to immerse myself in and like really connect with my culture. And through doing this and interviewing these these amazing women that we've interviewed so far, it just has helped me learn a lot about myself already, which I'm continuing to do. And yeah, so I just want to say that I feel so honored to be a part of this project and have the opportunity to have such intimate conversations with both Jen and all of the amazing women that we've interviewed on the show so far. I really reached a point in my life last year where I decided that I needed to reevaluate my circle and the people that I invest my time and energy into. And I noticed that a lot of those people were not necessarily reciprocating those efforts, never had, and were constantly just pulling my frequency levels down every time I was around them. And as I started to invest more into myself, it seemed like those people started to see me as less valuable to them, the less I was able to cater to them. Wow. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I just really started asking myself, who's here to support me? And I, like I said, began to notice if I didn't hit up certain people that we just weren't going to speak because they weren't going to take that initiative themselves. And so I let their actions speak for them. And I left those relationships right where they were, which was on red. And I got super aware and picky about who I opened myself up to. And I had to learn how to get comfortable spending time by myself which has really helped me with the beginning stages, at least, of finding clarity on what I want out of life and what I'm meant to be doing here. So, yeah, I've really just had to train myself not to lean on those people for support in order to make my own decisions and learn how to make those decisions for myself and how to basically trust my gut on pulling the trigger when I'm not 100% sure And I'm now feel like I've reached a point where I'm just really craving connection with like other like-minded people and whether it's just an Instagram acquaintance or like a lifelong friendship, I'm just looking to evolve the relationships that I have with others the same way that I've been evolving my relationship with myself. And I'm just looking for people that can really understand and appreciate who I am at my core, why, like how I came to be this way and people that can respect how I choose to express myself these days. And so Jen, technically speaking, I barely, I barely know you, right? Like we've never <laughs> met in person. We met on Instagram, like, got a, like started this podcast together 48 hours later, like really <laughs> yeah. had no kind of like background or introduction, but it still feels like you've just become my ate overnight. And you're one of the people that I run to now for when I need to vent or for advice. And it's, It's been one thing to read memes and quotes and things online or on blogs and kind of ruminate about them in my own head or play around with writing different blog posts about those topics. But it's really completely transformed my whole experience so far of this path on 
this path that I'm on of self-discovery because of you. And you've really just given me an ear to listen, a shoulder to cry on, and an arena to bounce off ideas with other people who are like-minded, like I said, who think and feel the same way that I do. And most of all, this project just means the world to me because it's helped me recognize the importance of feeling seen and feeling heard, even when I didn't think I wanted to be seen or heard. And it's just, it's pushed me out of my comfort zone a lot, which has helped me to understand that I'm not alone, which sounds very cliche, but it's, it's a very real thing for me because that was just something I was, I was so sure of before. So I just want to say thank you so much, both to Jen and to you, whoever you are listening, for for this experience. And as we get closer to the end of the year, I'm really excited to see what season two has in store for us next year. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Thank you. I, I feel like I'm on, like, on cloud nine right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple of things that I want to say in response to your letter. and. I think that was just such a beautiful way to open up. Really, I I didn't want to, like, make you nervous, but I really wanted the show to be about us, actually, and about our relationship and just how much we've grown together. And the crazy thing, just like what you said, is that we have yet to meet in person, but it's it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> December 17th to I think the, the 19th because you have your birthday weekend, which I totally respect. And I have a girlfriend in town that she's like dying to see me. So I, I have to see her that weekend. And she's already really stoked about it. So it works out. Yes. <laughs> but I just think like I've mentioned this throughout like the show. And if you're li- if this is the first episode that you're listening to. I had struggled with my culture and ethnicity and just being Filipino. I've been, I've had a love hate relationship with who I am for a very long time because I grew up, I had a very abusive upbringing. Started when I had unexpectedly lost my dad when I was 10. And after I lost my dad, I had a series of toxic, abusive and neglectful type relationships within my family and relatives that I had been convinced that the Filipino culture is just toxic and it's abusive and it's just overall an unsafe environment to be around. And so I have always been in and out of the community because of that fact. And I had always struggled with it. I, I feel like when I would try to be confrontational about it, when I would try to face it, a lot of people that I would be around to face it, we're very neglectful and it's, it's, I know that they didn't mean to be neglectful. They just didn't know how to be conversational. Like they thought, like they, they, they kind of interpreted conversation as confrontation. And so a lot of times my relationships, the people that I would try to interact with these real issues that I was going through, they would just shut down or run away or they would minimize what I was feeling. And so I struggled with that for quite a long time. So with this show, <laughs> yeah, maybe I haven't met met any of you yet. You know, maybe maybe some people are thinking, "Oh, this is this is very superficial because you haven't met in person yet or like you're not really meeting the person or you're like you're no different than a troll that can just like comment on Reddit and can hide behind a screen." Whatever the case it is, for me, I I think at the end of the day, we all need to find a place that makes us feel safe 
to explore who we are and all that we are. And for whatever reason, this podcast show has given me that opportunity. So I don't have a letter like Nani has, but I do want to, I do want to share a story. And I had mentioned this in a previous episode, but I want to elaborate on it a little bit more. This is my McDonald's story, Nani. I think okay. I yeah. So let me talk about Love this story. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want to share this story because this story is a testament to what this project has meant to me in such a short amount of time. The thing is, the Filipino American Woman Project started in December 2016, and then it went on in, in a, a hiatus, not N. <laughs> I'm really buzzed right now, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I, all good, actually, all good. It I'm can actually, be unhiatus if you want to. <laughs> I'm actually, like, very surprised. I feel like I'm very articulate right now. This is really cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, you sound great. You don't sound drunk at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, let me tell you. So in college, in college, I took a lot of pride in the fact that I could act really sober when I'm really drunk. I, I oh, my like, gosh. I was all about it. Like I, like, I remember when the police would be around or, like, just normal people just walking around college campus like I could I could act really presentable when I'm like I'm I'm sober right now yeah in case you were wondering (laughs) it's it the way that I did it back then in case anyone if in case anyone is really drunk and you don't want people to know that you're drunk is (laughs) is you act super empathetic so you always make it about the other person oh, and you say okay how are you doing today like oh you I love that outfit <laughs> so you always like you make it about the other person so that they don't even realize that you're drunk just yeah you they have no they have no opportunity <laughs> to ask you what is going on with you <laughs> exactly yes, exactly love it yeah, love it yeah. great advice and, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I also want to add like but but also I, I should also add that that was a really good defense mechanism for me back in the day if I didn't want people to know that I was struggling and I was I was in a lot of pain, I would make it social up. anxiety much. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that was also kind of my way of dealing with people um, as well. So anyway, I want to share a story that really encompasses how much I feel like I've grown in such a short amount of time. So a couple of weeks ago, I had decided to take a sporadic trip to McDonald's. <laughs> it was like close to midnight. And I was just craving it. Like, my husband and I had a pretty long and stressful day. And sometimes for me, like, eating is my outlet. It's my, it's my way of stress relief, right, as, as many people. <laughs> I'm Same. Sure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And so I just thought, I'm going to go to McDonald's, and I'm just going to order, like, whatever I want. So I take my dog with me, as I normally do, because sometimes when it's later in the night, my husband just decides to uh, stay behind. And he's usually kind of having his introvert time. So I was like, okay, I'll take the dog with me because he makes me feel safe. And so I was driving to McDonald's. And when I drove up to the second window, so the first window is typically when you pay, right? And then the second window, did I say first window or second window? (laughs) I think, yeah, the first, no, you got it right. First window is when you pay. Second window, you pick up your food. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for showing me that I'm I'm still here. Okay. (laughs) You got this. (laughs) I got this. I got this. I can talk through this. Okay, so I uh, I drove up to the second window, and there was a Filipina there, right? So she she was kind of like someone I would consider an auntie. Like she seemed like she was probably like in her in her fifties, but she could easily be mistaken for like someone in her thirties. But I could tell yeah. because I'm Filipina, so I know I know how we age. You know what you I mean? No, yeah, yeah, I just know. So anyway, she was 
just kind of gazing at my dog and trying to have a conversation with my dog. And she's like, she's just like in love with my dog. And she said, she said, Oh, like we're waiting for your French fries to be cooked. So it's going to take a couple minutes. And I was like, okay, no worries. And typically in this situation, the person at the register would just close the window, like the drive through window and wait for the fries. And do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And do their own thing. But she was having this whole conversation with my dog. And then she had, <laughs> she had like, Oh, you're so well behaved. Look at you. Like, what's his name? His name is Stoogie. I was like, no, no, it's, it's, it's Stoogie with a shush sound, like Stoogie. She's like, Stoogie? Like, you know, she was saying it with a Filipino <laughs> accent. Like, I, I can't imitate her because I'm, I'm not really good at imitating Filipino accents, but she was like saying it with a Filipino accent. And anyway, eventually she was like, she was like, oh, I, I want to, can I give him a, like, I want to give him a tree. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. She was like, she's like, do you want chicken nuggets? Like, she was talking directly to my dog. She's like, do you want chicken nuggets? And, and then I was answering for my dog, right? So I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, he would love that. He would love the chicken nuggets. Cause in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, that's extra chicken nuggets for me. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'll give him two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, she like, she closes the window for a second and then she actually comes out with the chicken tenders, like this big piece of chicken tender from McDonald's. And, and then she was all like, she was like, are you Filipino? And, and she either, she either said, I don't remember exactly, but she either said, are you Filipino? Or she's like, you're Filipino, right? Like she said one or those two, what, one or those two questions or statements. And here's the thing, listeners. In that moment, if I was who I was, even a couple of months ago, I would have, I would have deflected that question. I would have said something like, yes, I'm Filipino, but I'm really Americanized. Or yes, I'm Filipino, but I'm like a coconut. I'm really white on the inside. And I just so happen to be brown on the outside. Right. So I would, I would always be like, like yes, for me, but. yeah, exactly. Like for me, I felt but. like, exactly. I, I felt like I had to distance myself because just as I had told you all with my background, I felt unsafe in that environment. And I felt like if, if anyone, wait, I hear it. Sorry, real quick. I feel like there's, there's like stuff beeping on there. I think I need to turn off. Beeping? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You didn't hear I any hear beeping, beeping, right? Okay, that's just that's just notifications on my husband's computer. Okay. okay, okay. So anyway. I was like, no, I don't hear beeping. <laughs> okay, good. If you don't hear it, then no one else can hear it. So it works out. Okay. okay. So normally in that situation, I would have I normally would disconnect myself because I I felt like I've I've gotten into this I've been conditioned that if I were to relate to another Filipino person, I would be reeling myself into an abusive relationship. So I felt like I like I felt like in in every situation, whenever people were like, oh, are you Filipino? I had to, I always had to say, yes, but I'm very Americanized. However, yeah, like, yes, but don't yeah. treat me like you were expecting to treat me if I would have just said yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So then, I mean, however, in that very moment, my my natural response was to say, yeah, I am. And it was kind of like my response was like, yeah, you found one of us. Yay. Good for you. You know, like in a really good way. I was like, yes, I'm one of you. And let me tell you like that, like I didn't even realize that shift has changed, like has happened in me. Yeah. Until that happened. Exactly. And I really have to thank it. Like that was totally long. Like I feel like my story explanation was so much longer than the letter that you just read. But, (laughs) (laughs) but I just feel like that moment really represented to me like how much the show has affected me. I feel like the biggest thing this show has given me is a sense of safety to explore who I am as a Filipino American woman. And so for our listeners, 
even if you haven't commented, if you haven't DM'd us, if you haven't emailed us, I just want to say every time we see another like number that says that a show has been downloaded, a show has been listened to, it, it's just another way of affirming that what we're doing is a good thing and that people need to hear what we have to say. And for the people that do actually give us feedback, oh my gosh, it's, it's amazing because you don't just give us one or two line, like two sentence responses. You give us novels. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. And so I just want to thank this project. I want to thank you, Nani, for being a part of it because the thing is I could have done this on my own. I could have just tried to figure this out just for the sake of figuring it out because I felt compelled to doing this because I needed, I really needed to like explore what it meant to be a Filipino American woman. And I really need to seek that validation, but to be able to, but to be able to explore this with you has been a very powerful transformative experience. And so I want to thank you, Nani. And actually, cause we're going to talk about Panay visionaries throughout the show today. This is probably oh going to be, I imagine, I imagine this is probably going to be like a two-hour special. But <laughs> to kind of kick off our Panay visionaries, I actually want to nominate you, Nani. Oh, thank you. <laughs> as a Panay visionary, I consider you as a Panay visionary because here's the thing, like you're telling me that I have impacted you in such a positive way, but I feel like you had a vision for yourself to be better and to put yourself in a better situation and surround yourself with better people. And to be a Panay visionary, I don't think it just means to leave some kind of impact in an industry or something big. I think it's something as small as someone, as an individual, not small, sorry. I think it could be as simple as an individual seeing something better for themselves and healthier for themselves. And I feel like you have done that for yourself. And I'm so, like, every time you tell me that, like, you're trying to read a book or you've attended a local organization that's focused on Filipino American issues or you've done your own independent study. I'm just like, Oh my God, like I have so much up to do. <laughs> and so I just like, if no one has told you, Nani, I just want to let you know that I consider you a Panay visionary for believing in yourself to be, to, to explore your best version of yourself. And it's just such an honor to to witness the growth that you have made in just these last couple of months. I appreciate that. I know that when we first spoke, I was probably all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even really evaluated what's changed like internally between then and now on that deep of a level. So I, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you very much. And I nominate you again, even though you've already been nominated by somebody else. <laughs> I nominate you back. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. No, I love it. And I, yeah, I, I just think it's just such a great way to open the show and, and let our listeners know how much Nani and I appreciate and adore each other. Yes. And yeah, I'm and just, you should all do the same for each yes, other. Exactly. Exactly. I think I, I, I feel like we're just such we're in such a a beautiful time in like today where women are all about supporting other women. I feel like because even just a couple of decades ago or even just a decade ago, like media was run by 
the white man <laughs> essentially and yeah. very hyper masculine, very hetero heteronormative. And and because of that, men were all about watching other women fight with one another. And I just feel like because there are more women getting involved in media, come to find out that women aren't about fighting one another. We're right. all about supporting and uplifting one another. And I'm just so glad that there's more space out there for all of us to really just just embrace that and celebrate that and and not get what do you call it manipulated by the heteronormative hypersexual hypermasculine toxic environment <laughs> right you know that women are supposed to like be catty with one another which is like extremely ridiculous ridiculous and yeah. counterproductive so right. so if anyone is listening to this and you have if you're like me, like a Jen, and you have a nanny in your life, or you're like nanny <laughs> in your life, please reach out to that person and say, yes. and let them know how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. Because also, let's not forget, Filipino American History Month, the theme for this year is our Panay visionaries. And it's all about celebrating the Panay, the Filipina American yes. woman. So, yes. <laughs> so celebrate the panais in your life. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's, let's celebrate. With that said, that was the we we've decided to nominate each other as panai visionaries. So let's go ahead and for anyone that is interested in the demographics of our show, I, I want to also share that this is not just a celebration of Filipino American History Month and panai visionaries, but our show. Uh, at the time of this recording, ha- has officially reached 4,000 downloads, 4,000 plays. And That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I am just, I'm so blown away by that because I look at the other podcast shows that I produce and I started them all at the same time and they have not reached the level that the show has reached. Oh, know, really? No joke, no joke. Oh, and wow. That's like, I'm, I'm yeah. curious to, like, talk to other people. I don't think I know anybody that does podcasts, but I'm like, what is, like, like, I don't know if that's a lot or a little, you know what I mean? Like, what is that in comparison to things? All right. Jen Amos here, jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the philam, short for Filipino-American-woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. 
Once again, you can visit thefillonwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. Well, it's so, so actually I can, I can tell you about that because I just recently attended a conference and okay. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so I, attended, I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I attended she podcast. So it's like she, her, she, she podcast. And it was the inaugural conference for in, in Atlanta, Georgia for female podcasters. And it was it was amazing. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I have a backstory. Like, I, my plans to arrive there was not the way I had expected. Long, <laughs> long story. Detour. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm just going to sum it up for all of you. I was supposed to be on a flight. It took me 10 hours to get on that flight to find out that I was not going to get on that flight. Oh, and okay. so, yeah. So if anyone has ever tried the buddy pass, I don't recommend it. So, <laughs> don't try it again <laughs> that was like a one-time experience I'm good I got that experience I'm done lesson and, learned <laughs> yeah. and so my husband had decided to join me he he didn't want me to drive nine hours overnight to go to Atlanta oh that's Georgia. why he went with you I was like yeah. why is he at the sheep podcast <laughs> yeah yeah I know yeah yeah if, you're, if you were if anyone was following my stories you'll probably have noticed that my husband had joined me on our trip and he was there like in between the workshops like I would come visit him and my dog my dog was with us as well and and the reason why is because my my husband he's all about safety and he actually thinks like driving is the most dangerous thing you can do and because I was already like stressed and sleep deprived at the, at seven o'clock at night, my husband wanted to drive me. So he, he picked me up from the airport and we drove nine hours to get to Atlanta, Georgia to show up on time for this sheep podcast conference. Aww. So, so Thanks, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if, my, if my husband is listening to this, which I don't think he does, I, I think and I say that not because he doesn't care. I think it's because he can hear me, like, through the door. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, like, I was there when yeah. you recorded that. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes I'll, like, talk to him after I do an interview, and he's all like, oh, I heard you. It sounded like you had a really good call. So, Oh, my gosh, uh, that doesn't make you insecure. I would be, oh, like, yeah. insulating my walls. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it, we're, we're very, like, my husband and I are very, like, transparent with each other and okay. and I'm only going to disclose this to to people that I meet in person so this is one thing that I'm not transparent about like publicly for anyone to hear it's something I have to share in person which I will share with you when I meet you in person but there's a reason why we, <laughs> yeah it's a little teaser there in case anyone wants to meet me December 17th <laughs> when I'm in San Francisco come hang out with us the 17th to the 19th <laughs> yes, yes, yeah but there's there's a reason why like we're just so transparent with each other about like yeah. every almost every aspect like pretty much no, that's aspect. good I think that yeah. it should be that way yeah. yeah so I could I could easily have like my door wide open right now but I know he's having like his introvert time and I'm having and so I just want to respect that because my husband he is He's kind of what we call the dog and pony show for our business. Like he's always the one that's on the calls and like speaking to media outlets and just being the face of our business. And so usually at the end of the night, he just wants to shut down and keep to himself. So I like to respect his space. And then I use this time to do these podcast shows because it's like, oh, cool. He's not going to bug me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do these interviews, right? (laughs) So anyway, long tangent. So she podcasts. 
So here's the thing. If anyone is ever wondering, like, here, okay, wait, actually, let me just say, first of all, like, numbers don't really matter. I think to me, at the end of the day, it's all about, like, who you're impacting. And so when I say these numbers, and if you're starting a podcast show, I don't want you to, like, compare yourself to these numbers. Because if I compared myself to these numbers, then I would feel quite inadequate. <laughs> and so, so here's the thing. We just hit over 4,000 downloads. But if you want to be considered, if you want to like have, what do you call it? Like advertising agencies to like, if you want to like really pitch to them and have them be on your show, they actually typically require about 5,000 downloads a month. So that's, yeah, 5,000 downloads a month. So no joke. So that's like the, yeah, that's the average number. And so people say like, oh, you know, if you can get like at least, thousand or two thousand plays per episode or overall like five thousand downloads a month then we can consider you for advertising so since we started this project we have since the summer when we launched the podcast show we have what do you call it we have four thousand downloads so if we're going if we were going to try to go for one of those big advertising agencies yeah, we, in fact, I actually did apply and they, I got turned down three times, <laughs> just so you know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. All three of them said, oh, if you can grow your listenership, then we'll consider you. And, um, but the thing is, like, the thing that I was really inspired about, I mean, there's a lot of things that inspired me at the event. I mean, ultimately, or the conference, ultimately, I walked away with just a lot of affirmation because there were shows that said, like, you have to define what success means to you. Like you have to define like what you want to get out of your podcast show. So for me, when I hear those numbers, and even though I was rejected three times, I don't care. Those aren't, (laughs) yeah, because that's not the metrics that you're measuring your success by. You're, you know what I mean? You're getting that gratification in other ways through people emailing or DMing or wanting to come on the show and share their story and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think for me, or I think for us, like what, what I feel like, I mean, first of all, I feel like I've had a transformative experience. Like I had shared already at going to McDonald's almost at midnight. And yeah, like, like you said, like the way that I measure success is different. However, like, of course, I'd like to aim for that goal. I'd love for the opportunity to get like 5,000 downloads a month. Right to have advertise like real like big advertisers like consider being on our show but until then yeah so so anyway just to answer your question long long answer <laughs> that's sort of like that's sort of the standard if you're trying to get paid advertisers like big big agencies like advertising agencies to okay be on your show okay uh, so for me though when I when I match when I look at the numbers on the show compared to the other podcast shows I do it's, it's definitely just, it's just, it's non-comparable because, and and I know why, (laughs) because out of all the other podcast shows that I do, this is the one that I know that I feel in my heart that I'm most passionate about. Like, this is the one that I check up on Instagram every now and then. This is the one that I look at the email. This is the one that you're really rooted in, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is the one where it's like, like, even though I do another podcast show that I'm supposed to feel like this, the second podcast show that I would have expected to get like numbers close to this one, I, I, I know that I, I should feel like just as strongly, but there's something about just being Filipino American woman, of being a Filipino American woman that I feel more passionate about. And to be like, to be in a space where like a lot of the people who have been engaged in the show, 
just kind of struggle with feeling enough, I, I feel responsible for that. And yeah. I feel like the thing is like, I like, what do you call it? I have, I've gone through my own journey of feeling enough. Like I've gone through spiritual coaching and having a close, like I have a very uh, strong faith and I have a very strong relationship with God where I just feel enough in all of my perfections and everything. And, and to hear other people, like, especially someone like my sister who every now and then tells me that she struggles with the imposter syndrome. I just feel, I just feel more responsible to show up as myself in this community than any other community. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think that that goes back to what I said about, the way that we know our heritage and our culture is within the context of our own family. And if that environment is a toxic environment, obviously as an adult, it leaves a very bitter taste in your mouth. And unless you kind of seek out on your own another way to connect with that, then you are turned off by it, which is, I feel like, Another common theme that a lot of us or a lot of the women that we've interviewed so far have seen is kind of that like self, self-loathing Filipina that you've mentioned before. Yeah. And I think it's because of that experience of, of that like childhood family experience that it takes doing something like this to realize it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can experience this culture and this like richness that you feel rooted in and you don't necessarily understand it, but you feel it. You can find other ways to kind of connect to that outside of your own family. And I think a lot of us don't don't know that. And I feel I feel like I have to say this when you if you feel compelled, if you feel pulled to explore your identity outside of your community or outside of your immediate family and relatives. I want to say to you, like for anyone that is struggling with that, it's okay. It's okay to step outside of your family to discover yourself. And I, and I, I just, I have to say that because I feel like a lot of us, even myself, when I started to step away from my family, like after, after that experience in 2008, when I told my mom that I was molested every time I come to the Philippines and her first response was, why did you let him do that to you? Like my first cousin and he would molest me at night. Like, like, like I was planning you were for asleep. That. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, like well, you had I, no defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh, holy shit. What was I talking about? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about how like we know the Filipino culture within the context of our own family and you were, giving this example yes thank you okay okay I can get back into this okay I got this <laughs> I was got like this. I was like yeah, I, was, I was so passionate <laughs> I, I drew a blank okay, it's okay, okay. okay I'm sure that's yeah. gonna happen multiple times <laughs> <laughs> yes I agree yeah it's fine it's fine so anyway like I, I just remember that like as as I started to pull away I felt as I started to pull away from my family I felt nothing but guilt shame I felt defected I felt I just felt like I just felt like a black sheep I felt you just feel inadequate exactly yeah Yeah, overall I just felt like yeah I 
Exactly. I, Nani, you're always really good at finishing my lines, by the no, way. No, trust me. I've, this is like a thing for me, so I get it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like ultimately I just felt inadequate. And I remember for some time, and even, even, even every now and then, like I feel like I'm just walking like, like, like as a broken vase. Yeah. And, and, but however, and this is for anyone that is a, is a person of faith or like a believer, like I, for whatever reason, because I do, I do have, I was recently diagnosed with mild depression earlier this year, and I have struggled with suicidal thoughts for quite a long time. In those moments, I could have easily thought, well, that's it for me, or like, whatever. But because I was always, because I was always afraid to hurt myself, <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought, well, I'm alive for whatever reason, despite my, despite like how defective and how broken I am and how imperfect I am and how awful I am and how like much of a failure I probably look like around my family, for whatever, for whatever reason, I am still alive and there has to be a reason for that. And so, yeah. And so I've decided to just even, I decided to keep exploring that. And for anyone that is struggling to pull away from their family to explore their identity. I just want to let you know that it's okay to do that. And if you need support, if you need a cheerleader, like I'm here for you because it's really hard to do that because you feel so obligated to your family to please them and to feel like, like it's like you don't want to, you don't want to tell yourself that you don't love them. It's not that you don't love them. It's that you need to learn to love yourself. Right. It's that you need to individuate from them. And honestly, Jen, I feel like that's what I have taken away from not only the conversations that we've had together, like just you and I, but also from the interviews that we've done together is, I I don't remember whose interview it was, but I had pointed out that when we were doing our interview with Clarice and talking about our moms, kind of, that in listening to your story with your mom, it kind of helps me outline the steps that I can take with mine from where we're kind of at right now in our relationship. And that is exactly that, kind of individuating from her. And I know that I'm very old to be talking about doing that, but my mom and I have a very special relationship. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she hasn't, she's not like, I feel very comfortable being open with her and I'm, much more open with her than I probably should be. But that's the point for me in listening to your story with your mom is, okay, it's okay to like love her and also at the same time be very angry at her for whatever it is that you feel like she did or didn't do when you were a kid. But now it's time to own up to it, be your own person, be your own adult and forgive her for what she did or didn't do. And yeah understand the reasons why and move forward. You know, like I love hearing that you were able to go on a trip where your mom was bugging the shit out of you, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you guys are still okay, right? Like me and my yes. mom would still be fighting right now. <laughs> yes, so yes. I, I really appreciate hearing about those experiences that you've had with your own family. And they've just, I mean, like I said, I don't have a sister. I don't have siblings so it's I I feel like in my best friends or in like other really 
important connections like this one, I look for that kind of not role model, but what's the word I'm looking for? That example, I guess, Mm -hmm. to kind of follow. And you you really do that for me. So I appreciate that a lot. Even though you've been through your own struggle, you're doing a great (laughs) job inspiring other people. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, like, and and I I definitely want to start, I want to transition into, like, some episodes I recommend for people to listen to as they start to explore outside of their family. But, yeah, it's like that. I think I think that's that's I I feel like you kind of nailed it when you mentioned, like, oh, Jen you're struggling, but you still like live anyway. You're inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. You still talk about it anyway. And here's the thing, everyone, we're all struggling. <laughs> like, we are all struggling. It doesn't matter how much money you make, how little money you make. It doesn't matter if you're living at home. It doesn't matter if you're living on your own. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you're single. It doesn't matter. The point is we are all struggling with something, but I think, I think the, the thing that makes us get through to the next day is if we allow ourselves to be open about it and to say, I'm struggling. And it's interesting. So I, I always say that you always, you always like point this out whenever I say this on the show, Nani. But like, so, so I know, I know my roommate will never hear this. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna zip my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna zip my mouth until one of those people like comments and is like, I heard this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is literally my roommate right now. So I won't, I won't mention this person's name. But okay, so here's the thing. So my my roommate, this person, I'm not gonna say if it's a she or a he, but this person really likes to come off as if they have everything figured out. This person is actually like pretty young, like in their mid twenties, I think closer to younger twenties. And they are just very charismatic. Uh, Here's the, here's the thing though. Like even though this person is very charismatic and always knows what to say in the right moment, they, when it comes down to accountability, when it comes to showing action, this person doesn't always come through. In fact, I feel like a lot of my working relationship with this person is about prying out like what they're up to, like kind of saying like, hey, are you working? Did you get this done? Like, what's the latest project you're focused on? Because this this roommate of ours actually works with us, which is part of the reason why they live with us is because we were under the impression that they were going to be more focused in our business if they lived with us. But it turned out that like, I mean, it's, it's getting, it's actually getting a lot better now, fortunately, but it, for some time it felt like, oh, okay, I think they're actually just freeloading off of us. But anyway, I had finally decided to confront our roommate about this. And I was saying, I was saying to them, like, like, I feel like you don't actually, like, I feel like you don't actually care to be here. I feel like you, you are under the impression that entrepreneurship is a lot easier than having a job. When in fact, it's quite the opposite. Entrepreneurship is the hardest motherfucking thing that you can do in your life. And so I felt like, I felt like this person, our roommate, was very apathetic for a while. And I confronted them and I said, like, do you really want to be here or not? And then the crazy thing is that they opened up and said, honestly, like, if, if I felt like, if you felt like I was, 
freeloading off of you or taking advantage of you. That was never my intention. And I'm completely apologetic about that. But the truth is that I've been extremely stressful. I've been extremely stressed about all of this. And, and I just, the, the reason why I didn't tell you is because I, I have always focused on taking care of other people. And I always hated how people put their burdens on me and I didn't want to put their burdens on you. And the reason why I share that, uh, there was a, there was a, Nani, there was a reason why I shared that. What were, what were we talking about? What were we, I, I know there is. What were we talking about before I brought up my roommate? Like, I swear there's a reason for it. Oh my God. I'm going to have to go back to the recording later. I know. I'm like, uh, I can't think that far back right now, but. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I do know that at the beginning, you just said yes. that you weren't going to mention if this was a girl or a boy. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, I got it. I got That's it. as far okay. back as I can remember. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. So the thing is, there's a lot of people that feel like they have to put a presentation up. They have to present themselves in a certain way, and they're not allowed to show if they're vulnerable or not. They're not allowed to show if they're stressed or whatever. And I yeah. feel like that's a big representation of our community is that we have to kind of show this. We have it all together. Yeah, yeah, like we have it all together. But the reality is, and the reason why I share this, like our roommate story, <laughs> I hope this totally makes sense. <laughs> editing, I'm so buzzed right now. I'm probably on my third. I'm probably on my third cup of wine right now. Everyone, I'm <laughs> on my fourth, just so that oh you know, <laughs> just so you don't up. feel bad. <laughs> I, need to catch up. I need to catch up to you. I just okay. poured my fourth, so I think that we're like right about even. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. The reason why I share this story, I'm pretty sure I have a purpose to this. <laughs> but the reason we'll why, figure it out as we go. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. The purpose is that okay, you were talking about earlier that I have, I, I am very imperfect, but I live my life anyway. And but you inspire thing. people anyway, yes. Exactly. So here's the thing. There's a lot of people that feel like when their life starts to become imperfect, when it starts to become like not the ideal way that you want to model for other people, you start to hide. And the truth is, is that like that moment is so pivotal to not just your success, but to the, to everyone else that's involved in your life. It's, it's important to their success as well. It's actually counterproductive when you close off. It's counterproductive and it's, it's actually like just, yeah, it's counterproductive to, yeah, that's basically it. That's what I was going to say. It's counterproductive. No, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. It's counterproductive to like everyone that's involved because you think you're doing a really good job at hiding what you're doing when in fact, like one, most people can see it and two, it just causes a strain with a lot of your relationships. And then three, like you rob people of the experience of learning from your story. And so the thing yeah, is or with, relating to your story. Absolutely. And so we're not just doing this podcast show to just share people's stories. We're here to share life lessons. Like if you look at our description, it's about sharing life lessons and stories by the Filipino American woman. And those life stories are so important because the truth is we're all struggling. We're all imperfect. We're all trying to figure it out together. We all have generational trauma. And if we can all just be more honest about it, we can all start healing together. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
So I'm like, can you hear my clapping? I can't. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I did that with Christy, and I wasn't sure if anybody heard it, but I was just back here like. <laughs> yes, I, I heard you. I actually did hear you. I, I just oh, didn't okay, want to like, I didn't want to mention her. it. I, yeah, I didn't want to mention it because I thought it'd be weird to bring it up, but no, I totally heard you. <laughs> that yeah. was me. That was yes, me, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, with with that said, I want to go ahead 50. 50 minutes later, Nani. I want to go ahead. Oh, here we are. See? <laughs> I want to go ahead and talk about some of the top episodes that, one, have had the most downloads, and two, I think we just recommend that you pay attention to. And if you're, if this is the first episode you're listening to and you're like, which shows should I listen to other than this one? <laughs> if, if, you, if you've made it this far, oh my goodness, if you've made it this far, let me make some recommendations on some of the top episodes that we've had. So I'm, I'm not going to necessarily, well, I guess I can mention the plays. I just, yeah, I'll mention the plays. Okay. So, Nani, this is probably very obvious to you, and you had actually expected this, but the number one episode that has been downloaded on our show is by JL Umipig. Yeah. And uh, she is episode 16, and uh, her, her episode is titled, You're Fighting for the Colonizer, and You Don't Even Know It. So this episode, Nani, let me tell you, it has about Gosh. 350 downloads. Wow. Yeah. So I, I remember when it first came out, like within a day, it got a hundred downloads. Uh huh. It was crazy, and then it's just yeah, so crazy. That. Yeah, it's just so crazy how the numbers have crept up ever since. So anyway, all right. So for people who are looking for, if you're listening to this episode or the show for the first time, and you're looking for some so so some shums, I'm <laughs> okay, okay. If you're looking for some shows to listen to initially, we recommend that you listen to episode 16, which is titled, You're Fighting for the Colonizer and You Don't Even Know It, De- Deconstructing Colonialism with J.L. Umipig. And so uh, a little bit about her. She is a cultural barrier, liberation educator, and creator. And I believe she is a theater teacher right now, uh, from my understanding. But she focuses on how now is a time of decolonial decolonialization. And in her episode, she had thoroughly unpacked what it meant to be a Filipino-American woman. She shares how she uses social media as a space of communication for her community. And she encourages us to hold more grace for one another. I have to say that JL, a little sh- definitely a shout out to her. I had met her in New York because she was the original, she was one of the original founders of Raise Panay, in which my sister decided to produce a show with Raise Panay. And Raise Panay is basically the Filipino version of Vagina Monologues. And so I had a chance to meet her for a little bit and just meet her in person and just hear her passion. She has a very interesting perspective on spirituality she had created her own deck of tarot cards, so I definitely yes. recommend. It. Yeah, so I thought I thought which it was I bought. Oh, did you? Do you? Have I did. Them? No, I haven't gotten them yet. Okay, okay. Yeah, so she. It was very interesting because it was the first show where we had a Filipina talk about tarot cards, and she had given her perspective on spirituality. And the reality is that Philippines has 
a diversity of religions. Like I, I understand that in the southern part of the Philippines, a lot of them were Muslim. And then in around Manila, it was Catholicism because of colonialization. And so there's just a mix of different types of religions and so and spirit and types of and, and perspectives on spirituality. And so I feel like she brought in that level of spirituality for people that believe in tarot cards or I don't know. How, how would you describe that, Nani? Do, do you know how you have an so I I don't know if you read the post that I posted on Instagram for Filipino American History Month, but it talks about that a little bit. I mean, my caption is very long and I had to edit it a lot to get it to fit just into that little, it's a, it's a blog post that I wrote that I shortened into an Instagram caption, but I basically went over kind of the initial history of the Philippines. So, listeners, I realize, I mean, I know we mentioned this in the show notes, but we never really mentioned this on the show. But if any of you are interested in getting a hold of us and the work that we're doing, so Nani has a blog that she mentions quite often. And if you don't know already, you can find her on Instagram at Notes by Nani. So, Nani, do you want to talk about your blog? My post just basically talks about how when I would ask my family, specifically my grandpa, about going back to the Philippines, like either taking me or going back there himself, why he was so against it. Not that he didn't. He, When he was alive in his retired years, he spent six months of the year here in the Bay and six months in the Philippines. And so he would go back and forth. Mm -hmm. But whenever I wanted, like I always, my whole life, I've been asking him to take me there or to like teach me about it. And he just has been very resistant to it. And I've always wondered why. And the only thing that he's really said is because it's corrupt. And he's never been willing to elaborate on that or been able to elaborate on that. And so I'm through my independent studies, I'll say. I've been teaching myself what that's about and what the reason for that was. And I've kind of just, hold on, let me see where I'm going to start. Okay. <laughs> Take your time. I've learned <laughs> that. Okay. So I've learned that there's not much documented before colonization began, but that the original inhabitants of the islands were believed to be the Negritos, which was an immigrant wave that came from Africa. Actually, yeah. And the next was the first Indonesian wave that brought the Stone Age culture from other parts of Southeast Asia. The second wave was the Indonesian wave. I'm sorry. I'm. (laughs) (laughs) You were. You sounded so clear, though. (laughs) I was doing well for a minute, and then I lost it. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Okay, you got it. You got it. You got it. Okay. The second Indonesian wave came from South China and incorporated the Neolithic or bronze copper culture into archipelago. Is it archipelago or archipelago? Oh my god. I'm getting too technical maybe. I think, I think it's, I think it's archipelago. No, 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 it's archipelago. Okay, this is now something that I need to ask Siri. Hold on a minute. (laughs) Hey Siri. How do you pronounce ar- archipelago? It's archipelago. 
Archipelago. Archipelago. There she goes. <laughs> okay, let me remember that. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, wait. You remember that, right? The second Indonesian wave was from South China and incorporated the Neolithic or bronze copper culture into the archipelago. Is that what she said? It's our. <laughs> Ar- archipelago. archipelago. Oh my god! I, I love this. I love this because when people correct me. No, but it's Nani. It's our archipelago. It's our. Ar- okay, you know. Yeah, okay. yeah. I do. Know. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I do know for some weird reason. Archipelago. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's just let's start over. Okay. The second Indonesian wave came from South China and in, and incorporated the Neolithic or bronze copper culture into the. What did you say? <laughs> Sorry, one more time. So, Archi, like Arca, like, oh, no, no, Archi. Ar- okay. Archipelago. 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 Yeah, okay. you got it, girl. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. Archipelago. No, the second. No, it's, no. <laughs> it's Archipelago. 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 Yes, the second yeah. Indonesian wave came from South China and incorporated the Neolithic or bronze copper culture into the archipelago. Yeah. Was that right? That was perfect. Woo! Okay. Now I can finish. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Here I go. Here I go. (laughs) The last three waves were the Malays who first introduced the influence of Indian culture and were the first to start documenting historical records. The second wave of Malays are who became the ancestors of the Tagalogs, the Ilocanos, Pampangas, Visayas, and Bicolano. Bicolanos. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. I think Bicolanos. Okay, yeah. I would Bicolanos. Okay, yeah. one of those should be correct. Bicolanos, yeah. <laughs> the third wave were Arab traders and religious teachers who laid the Islamic... Fa- okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm going to really do it this time. I'm laughing <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from the microphone so you don't hear how hard I'm laughing at all. <laughs> no, I love it. It's, it's making me feel comfortable. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Here we go. The third wave were Arab traders and religious teachers who laid the Islamic foundation originally in Sulu and mainland Mindanao. Bam. <laughs> Done. <laughs> That's the yeah. only blurb I'm going to quote. <laughs> okay. As I'm taking another sip. <laughs> yeah, wait. So what was the purpose of that? <laughs> I don't know, but I just broke a nail as we were talking about it. <laughs> no. I'm I'm so sad. <laughs> I know. I just got them yesterday, which is annoying. No, I don't, okay. I'm sad you broke it. Wait, we need to take a moment. <laughs> to mourn the nail. <laughs> because I know how hard I know I know the work it takes the struggle. The struggle to like look beautiful and present Oh here it is. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry you broke your nail. I just want you to break your nail on the show. You know what? I keep nail I keep nail glue in my purse, so I'm just gonna glue it right back on. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, good. 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 I I don't put on nails, so <laughs> so you don't have to worry about this. <laughs> yeah, so to know if I needed nails. Advice. So, yeah. Yes. So anyway, I what do you call it? So I was talking about JL Umi Pig and her episode, and I feel like that yes. was 
the reason why we brought this up, correct? So that is correct. Yes. Okay. So how do we tie that in in a sober way? <laughs> Let me think about it some more. So you were talking about JL and how Spirituality. her interview had a lot of plays and yeah. tarot, her... tarot cards. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. tarot cards. Yes. I'm blanking after that. <laughs> after that, somehow we tied it into. That's a good question. question. <laughs> okay, maybe we just move on. <laughs> you know what? Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> if and we need to hop on a call like tomorrow to record something of substance, then we can do that. <laughs> no, I. Here's the thing: is like, and I'm not just saying this because I'm drunk. And I'm like slothering my words. Slothering is slothering the word. I think the word that we're looking for is, I don't know what it is, but I know that I know the word that you're talking about. Yeah, something something about slothering. <laughs> slothering. Oh, 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 it's slurring. <laughs> slurring. Thank you. Thank you, Nani. You're so good at that. You're so okay. good at that. Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I'm probably on my sixth cup now. This is great. Okay, well, let me catch up. Let me pour. Yeah. No, don't. You should not. I mean, take a I break. should because I've been talking oh, okay, <laughs> a lot. All right. I know, but when you've been talking, I've been drinking. So that's how we, like, catch up. Roll reverse. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, I hope that you have gained some knowledge and insight and value from what Nani just said. And, of course, we trust that you – Take what you need to from that and, and give us grace that we are celebrating Filipino American History Month with the theme Panay Visionaries over wine, right? So, Nani, how many drinks have you had? I think I had like six already. <laughs> I am pouring my fifth glass and I will yes, be girl. caught up to you in a second. Okay, but don't, don't drink too much. I don't okay, want, okay. I really don't want you to have a hangover tomorrow. Just oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> good because I I'm the kind of person that gets a hangover and it's great and so I'm the kind of person that will tell you I won't have a hangover and that everything will be fine but then the next day I really (laughs) will have a hangover and everything will not be fine so (laughs) just check in with me then (laughs) I just want to check in with our listeners as well if you are enjoying this conversation with Nani and I we would really love for you to direct message us on Instagram later when you hear this, which is this, this episode's going to be premiered on October 31st on Halloween, I believe. Let me, yes. let me that. Yeah. So if you don't celebrate Halloween, cause I totally don't, I don't know about you, but I don't really celebrate Halloween. Yeah, I'll, I'll be working. <laughs> yeah. It's just like another day for us essentially. Yeah. Yes. We, uh, this is, this is officially the last day to celebrate Filipino American history month. And we are kind of doing this unapologetically over wine, and that's it. And so, and that's why you got that history lesson, basically. Ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly, because it's Filipino American History Month, and you're welcome. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So anyway, let's go ahead. And for people, I know this was like 30 minutes later already, but let's go. Yeah, can you hear me? Are you there? I don't know. You just sounded weird for a second. Say something again. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay. You're good now. 
Okay, good, good. Yeah, it just it just told me that my internet was unstable, which is like oh, okay. a bitch. But you can hear me now. So at any moment that I'm, you can't hear me. I will let you know because I'm slurring now. This is awful, but not awful. I've, my, I'm sure I've been slurring this whole time. <laughs> yeah, my husband, my husband got me. Okay, here's the thing. Like when I'm all about like craving stuff, like when I have the craves, he buys me pop tarts. Oh, so, what flavor? So frosted s'mores. So I have like a whole box. I have like <laughs> eight, eight toaster pastries, according to the this box that I'm reading right now. <laughs> well, dig in if you haven't already. Yeah. No, not yet. I like to toast it. So I'm gonna. Oh, like, I'll yeah, enjoy it after this call. Whenever okay. that that is. <laughs> whenever that happens. Yeah. Whenever that happens. <laughs> whenever that ends. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm I'm so gonna enjoy it. All right. So anyway, for okay, so that so shout out to JL Umipig for having the most downloaded episode for our show. So shout out to you, girl. You were amazing and you had very profound things to say. So shout out to you and all that good stuff. She's actually currently in New York City. So if you live in New York City, reach out to JL and she tends to travel a lot. Like you mentioned, Nani, she was in the Bay Area. And so feel free to find her on Instagram and you can check, you can learn more about how to get a hold of her by checking out her episode, episode 16. All right. So Nani, do you want to know the second most downloaded show on our podcast? Yes. All right. Here we go. Let me make sure I pull this up correctly. All right. The second most downloaded episode on our show is episode 18, which is titled the later we start sex education, the more unlearning we have to teach. This is about celebrating diversity, sex education, and boundaries with Justine Ang Fonte. Yeah, shout out Justine. Yes, girl. And honestly, I am not surprised because yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like culturally, and she mentions this on the on the show, but culturally we're like shamed talk about our sexuality absolutely and, and pleasure right and everything and so for anyone I mean I, I don't even have to tell you I'm sure if you're scrolling through your podcast app and I feel like that's probably one of the first episodes you would probably want to listen to anyway because it has the word sex in the title <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually want to like I, I kind of hinted at this earlier on this episode I don't know how long it's been already. We've been about an hour and 15 minutes into the show. But when it comes to sexuality, there's a lot of things that I'm public talking about, like, on the show. But when it comes to sexuality, that's something I prefer to talk about in person. And so if you want to learn more about my take on, like, sexuality and sex education and all that stuff, I'm more than happy to talk about that with you when I visit the Bay Area <laughs> from yes. December 17th to the 19th. But I, I personally loved that episode. I felt, I just felt like I was pulled into Justine's message about focusing on pleasure more above all else. And so Nani, I thought I'd get your thoughts on that episode. I've actually had, that's the one episode that I've let my mom listen to on the Whoa. podcast. I know, which is weird. Like, why would wow. you, out of all the episodes, let her listen to that one? I, I'm not sure why I chose that one. But I've been thinking about that a lot and kind of the shame that that I grew up around mm -hmm. or that I grew up with when it comes to sex and 
well, I mean, maybe this is for a different, for a different episode, but I'm, I'm someone that's always been very in tune with my like sensuality or sexuality or both, whatever. But at the same time, and, and I've always said and maintained that I want a family and that I want kids. And that's really my only goal in life is to have a family and basically create the family that I wanted when I was a child, but never got, but that there's a lot of, like, I've had a lot, a lot of opportunities to have that. I just haven't taken any of those opportunities out of fear. And I've been trying to analyze, like, where has that fear been coming from? And a lot of it was like my grandma, my grandma, I grew up with her as like a second mom to me. And she always, like, I just have this one memory of us pulling up to one of my cousin's houses, a cousin that I had, she knew I really looked up to when I was a little girl. And I was probably like five or six, like super, super young. And as we were pulling up to her house, it was because she was pregnant. It was for her baby shower. And my grandma just kept telling me, it only takes one time. It only (laughs) takes one time. Like, even if you're a virgin, even if you do A, B, and C, it just takes one time. And like, I feel like that has put the fear of getting pregnant in the back of my mind so much when, when it comes to like, when somebody asks me what I want, like outside of my family's expectations for me or whoever's expectations of me, it's always and has always been, I want a family. I want kid. I want kids. Yeah. So it's interesting to kind of think about that and think about how that's framed my relationships because I've had, all these boyfriends who have done nothing but beg me to have kids. And I'm always like, "Mm." but then when I'm (laughs) not with them, I'm, I swear that's all I want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's that episode, I think really got me thinking about my own experience in my kind of introduction to sex and really what that means to me, I guess. Yeah. I think I want to share, I guess my, my sex story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in case anyone's interested, I guess. But yeah, they are. <laughs> yes. Okay. I yeah, I've drank plenty of wine at this point. And it's funny because I'll I'll be sober when I edit the show, but I'll still yes, talk that will about, be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I will I honestly there okay. There are there like what is it? I'm very transparent about a lot of aspects in my life except for two things and there's two and those two things I would rather share with people in person and so that's kind of my teaser (laughs) for anyone that wants to meet me in person but other than that I'm very transparent about a lot of things in my life so one of the things I'm open about willing to be transparent about is like when I lost my virginity so here's the thing I grew up Catholic as many uh, Filipino, you know, kids tend to, Filipino-American children are, mm-hmm. or tend to be raised up as my, my parents were immigrants from the Philippines, and yeah, they were Catholic, and so they tried to instill that, instill that in us. When I was younger, I went through CCD, I think up until, I think it was like fifth grade, and yeah, I, the message when it came to sex was use you, you practice abstinence until you're married. 
Mm-hmm. So my interpretation of that is, yeah, basically I was going to wait till marriage or if I did lose my virginity to someone, I was basically going to marry them. So, yes. yeah. So I met my college sweetheart back in 2000. Man, when was that? I think it was like 2007, 2008. And I lost my virginity to him when, so, so when I turned 21, prior to 21, I was straight edge. I was, I was like, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do a lot. I was a virgin. So when I turned 21, I basically let loose for a solid two years. (laughs) I drank, I got crossfaded. I lost my virginity, but basically I had lost my virginity to my college sweetheart at the time. And I was convinced that because I, I have to tell you, and this is important because for anyone that had struggled with losing their virginity, I feel like I, I feel compelled to sharing this. But when I had lost my virginity to my ex at the time, to my boyfriend at the time, we're no longer together. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I remember, I remember when I lost my virginity to him. No joke. I cried like when we were done I cried because I felt so guilty I felt shameful yep I was like I was like oh my gosh I'm not married to this person I just lost my virginity to this person yeah and therefore I had convinced myself that this was a person I had to marry so that was so real to you at that point mm -hmm. oh yes so yeah. I had make I had met I had what do you call it I had let I had worked at that relationship I had let it happen for another six to seven years when early on I knew it was already unhealthy to me but because yeah. I had that belief that like you oh I lost with it mm-hmm. yes. yeah I thought because I, I remember I remember before I lost my virginity first of all I was very proud of the fact that I was straight edge and I had never lost my virginity. So I, I had told myself, like, if I lost my virginity, it meant that that person was, like, the one. But yeah. looking back, my ex and I, and this is not to bash my ex in any way, but we were very toxic to each other. We were not a healthy relationship for right. each other. And uh, fast forward to today, he's married, and I don't know I don't know much else about that, but I would imagine that he's, like, in a better place. But at the time we were together – I was under this impression of like, okay, I lost my virginity to him. Therefore I have to marry him and I have to dedicate the the rest of my life with him. And so I had forgiven him for a lot of unhealthy circumstances, like the times when he would yell at me, the times when he would like, just like clench on my arm and like kind of throw me into my group of friends to make sure that like I was in a safe place at least because we were no longer like in speaking terms with one another. Like it was a very toxic and emotionally abusive relationship. But at the time we thought that was love. Right. And so it's so crazy because after hearing Justine's episode of like, it's about pleasure and it's about like communication and everything. Like, I wish I had heard that early on because I had stayed with my ex because of the fact that I had lost my virginity to him. So, like, I mean, I'm glad that we're, I'm glad that we both are in a place now, like in a healthier place now. But man, like, I think it's because of like what Catholicism has taught us and what family has taught us about like sex that like we felt like we had to uphold that. And it turned out that it ended up hurting us more than helping us. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I definitely think that my experience with sex is like, how can I put it? (laughs) Like, okay, so my experience with losing my virginity was interesting because everybody in my friend group was losing their virginity. And so I felt like the need to do it, too. And luckily, I was in a relationship, and so it worked out for me. (laughs) I wasn't just, like, finding some random culprit to take advantage of. But before I had really felt like I was competing with my social circle, I had already been with him for a good six months or so, maybe longer than six months, denying him of that. And it's funny that the mind, the mindset that you're in at that age is totally like just trying to keep up with people. And as soon as like my best friend was like, oh, I lost my virginity. I was like calling my boyfriend, like, where are you at? <laughs> Let's do this right now. And it's just, and he was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, but I've been trying to like work on this with you for like six months now. And I was just like, well, I'm ready now. <laughs> like it totally meant something different to me than what it meant to, to him. And yeah. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but sex. Sex. But like Catholicism and the sex chain and stuff like, you know, all that. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I don't know where I was originally going, but basically, so now fast forward to today where my, all of my best friends are either in relationships, recently married or recently had babies. And those are all things that I have claimed that I've wanted since day one. Since day one, I've never Mm. been sure of anything except for the fact that I want a family Mm -hmm. and except for the fact that I want a family 180 degrees different than my own Mm -hmm. and that I want to create my family based on like the values that my grandma kind of instilled in me and about losing your virginity. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, where was I going with that? I'm, try- I'm trying to help you be focused. I know, I know. So I was talking about, I know this is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about how I lost my virginity and how I felt shame. And then you were sharing your experience. And because okay. your best friend lost her virginity, you felt like you felt compelled to lose your virginity. Does that help? Yeah, no, and that's that's the sequence of things, I think. And now that people are, like, having babies and starting families, like, actually doing it, whereas I've just been talking about it for so long, and I've had several boyfriends in between now and then that have begged me for that and that have wanted that, and I said I wanted it too, but at the end of the day, I just – I didn't trust them. Like, I was like mm. – well, yeah, I want it, but, like, I don't know about you. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, it sounds to me like one of your long-term goals is to be a mother. Yeah. But in many of your romantic relationships, you felt like the person you were with was maybe not worthy or qualified to uh, be someone that you'd be willing to bear children with. And so I'm kind of curious, like, for every person that you – yeah, does does that help? Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It does help because that has made, like, whatever you just said has exactly made me feel like the problem is me. And and I'm not sure how to, like, approach that or address that. And I think that that's the – it's been 
a blessing in disguise for me because before this year, I have always jumped from relationship to relationship to relationship because that's, I'm, I'm just comfortable having someone there. And this last year has been really pivotal for me, I think, because I, it's the first time in my whole life that I've taken to truly just be by myself and not have a boyfriend or like a man that I'm leaning on. And that, I mean, it's, it probably sounds so stupid to people who are like used to doing that. But for me, that's a huge thing for me. Like I've, I'm sure that you can hear in the past interviews that we've done or the past conversations that we've had that I have like pile of daddy issues to deal with, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> or that I'm trying to deal with. And for me, like, that's just a really, really real thing for me and something that I'm actively trying to work through. And in thinking about those conversations, like I hold my grandma on such a pedestal now because she's gone, she's passed away. And she was like a second mom to me. And she was really like that soft, comfy landing space that I felt like I needed whenever I wasn't sure of myself or whenever I felt lost or whenever things were getting rough. Like she was the person that made me feel really at home and really safe and really confident in who I was. And to think as young as like eight or nine years old, how she was planting things into my head, like, like, Oh, it only takes one time to get pregnant. And like getting (laughs) pregnant was the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like that was just the most burdensome thing that could possibly happen to you. Whereas now I'm like, arguing my mom has that same kind of mindset like oh well babies are a lot of work and blow she she tries to be really realistic about things where I am more like I like to fantasize and and I'm trying to find that kind of happy medium like how can I go after those dreams but at the same time still be keep my 10 toes on the floor like still be realistic and I I still don't know where I was going with that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think it just, I think it just comes down to how complicated sex education is. And actually I feel like we are kind of the byproduct of the lack of sex education within our family. Right. Because first of all, our family doesn't talk about it. (laughs) And so we had, we had to learn about it in the school system. And the school system was very technical about sex. It was all about, like, our body parts. Right. And so if we had to learn about, like, pleasure and aspiring to be a mother, it was really kind of like our – it was really through Through social – Yeah, through experience and social education, like, what is kind of, like, considered ideal. Like, when it comes to – like, the reason why you would have sex is because you would want to have a family. I think what we're trying to say, listeners, if you're trying to be, <laughs> is that is Get that back on track here? <laughs> yes, yeah. Is that sex is a very complicated topic, and I I really believe that even though this episode came out like literally, what is it like October? Is it November? <laughs> no, it's still October. We're in Filipino American okay. History Month. It's ten thirty one. Okay, so so get this, everyone. Justine's episode came out on September 21st. Okay. And, and at the time of this recording, so, so it's barely been a month since Justine's episode has come out. And yet it's the second 
most downloaded episode on our show. So Nani, I just want to let you know that even though you didn't know where your story was going, I want to just affirm your story and let you know that your story is valid and my story is valid. And it's, it's an example that it's an example of how complicated sex education is in our community. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So anyway, <laughs> with that, with that said, I'm like, I still don't remember what I was originally going <laughs> to try to say, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to say that like, I, I want it for, for our listeners. I just wanted you all to understand that this was kind of like a snapshot of how complicated this topic is. And I think it's the reason why like Justine's episode is the second most downloaded episode and it's impressive considering how it's only been released in the last month. And there have been other episodes that haven't reached the number of downloads that her, her episode has, has achieved. And so it's a real issue, everyone. And for anyone, I actually want to send an invitation out to anyone that's listening to this. But if you are, let's say, a sex therapist or you are someone that advocates for sex education as a Filipina American, We'd love to have you on the show because it is a complicated topic. And I think I think there's still, even to this day, a lot of shame around it. And we'd love to have you on in addition to what Justine has said in her show in episode 18 and continue to add upon it and continue to talk about it and at the end of the day, normalize it. Because it, even till this day, like the fact that I'm telling everyone publicly that the only way I will talk about my sexuality is in person is very telling. The fact that I feel unsafe to talk about it on the yes. air yeah, and that I prefer to tell people in person because that's when I feel the most safe. Even though I feel generally safe on a podcast show lately, like stuff, stuff like that, I have to talk about in person. Yeah, no, I agree. And maybe that's why I got stopped up, too. Like, I think my original point was just that what you learn is within the context. What you learn when you're younger, like things about the birds and bees and whatever, is within the context of your own family. And so if you had an adult like that in your life that was kind of instilling fear in you, like, oh, it just takes one time, like, like being pregnant is the worst thing ever when in reality it's very normal and (laughs) it happens all the time when people are under 22 and not married but in her world that was completely unacceptable and so she was trying to instill that in me at the first opportunity that she saw and that to me is like not okay you know what I mean like I will not do that to my own kids right right absolutely absolutely so anyway, let, let's move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I feel like, like we, I still can't remember <laughs> what I was originally going to say. <laughs> let's <yes>. move on. <laughs> yeah. And I want, I just want to mention to our listeners to give us grace for this because like the, the reason why Nani and I are very transparent about this is because I mean and, and Nani you can add to this as well is we've come to a place where we feel safe like sharing our stories with you because you have shared your stories with us and and we've had one or two people reach out to us kind of curious about our stories and we we you know honestly Nani and I haven't really 
delves into our stories. We, right. we, we have together, we focus on featuring the story of our guest. And so we hope that you will give us some grace as we drink wine together. <laughs> <laughs> and try to tell our stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So we have, so listeners, we had the opportunity to share a little bit about ourselves, Nani and myself, and the top two episodes that we highly recommend that has been played the most on our show. So we're going to take a quick break to promote a Panay visionary. So the reason why, part of the reason why we have the show, in addition to Nani and I really opening up to our incredible audience here with the Filipino American Project podcast show is also to feature Panay visionaries because that is currently the theme of Filipino American History Month, according to the Filipino American History National Society. So shout out to Fonz for really making this theme about Panay visionaries. So we have actually, throughout this month, we have promoted a number of Panay visionaries. And this show is really about, this last show is really about featuring a couple more of those people that you have nominated. And even ourselves, like Nani and I. So Nani, I'd love for you to talk about the Panay visionary that I believe you have been communication with or you have kind of researched on. And so would you be willing to talk about this Panay visionary? Yes. yes, absolutely. I've been in contact with a Pinai called, well, her name is Christine Bumatai, and her Instagram handle is at the Social Gal uh, on Instagram, and she is a writer on assignment right now for the Huffington Post, and she has been shedding a lot of light on the Filipino American experience. And she recently wrote an article that I read and featured on the Filipino American Woman podcast project show, sorry, Filipino American Woman Project podcast shows (laughs) Instagram (laughs) (laughs) Um, called, I don't know what the article was called, but it was about tourism in the Philippines and how the Philippines is not really a place that's equipped to handle that kind of massive tourism and how it's actually more harmful than it is helpful for Instagram influencers to go there and attract business to. And so if you have not already, you guys should all read that article that she wrote. But that's that's the social gal. Okay, cool. Let's go ahead and talk about the third episode that we recommend for people to listen to. Okay. And that episode is actually our episode, Nani, with you and I, which is episode 21. And it's, yeah, it's titled, Your Healing is So Much More Important Than Protecting Other People's Feelings. And this is actually, this was at the beginning of this month, October, where we celebrated our uh, first 1,000 downloads on our show. And it's crazy to think that at the end of this month, we've already reached 4,000 plays. So, Nani, I want to go ahead and get your initial thoughts on this episode and the fact that we have grown so much since then in less than a month. And then I'll go ahead and add my thoughts. I want to thank you guys all so much for listening. I don't think that my own experience 
or even just opinion is something that anybody would have solicited solicited or warranted before I was doing this podcast and maybe it's still not but at the end of the day I'm I'm on it and I don't know that's just like an unprocessed thought still for me to be honest I'd I'd like to know your guys' thoughts. I mean, I know that a few of you have hit us up on Instagram at the Filipino American Woman and shared what your thoughts are on our show so far, which I have greatly appreciated kind of interacting with you all and connecting with you in that way. But to be honest, I haven't really processed that for myself. No worries. That's what your co-host is here for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, give me a minute. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally, totally. Let let me, let me save you here. Or let me, let me add to the conversation, actually. So this episode was done, or it was officially published on October 6th, kind of six days into Filipino American history. Wait. What month is it? Is it October? Still? Yes, yes, it's still it's okay. still October. Oh, okay, let me start over. It's October thirty first. Thank you, thank you, Nani. Okay, so in in reality, I was actually looking forward to this episode because here's the thing: like, I I edit these shows now. Now I do want to say that I have my virtual assistant Patricia who actually is a stay-at-home mother that I have the opportunity to support in the Philippines. She assists me, she assists me in helping me edit these shows. Like she's the one that helps me cut out the ums and the ahs and the stutters and the long pauses. So Patricia, she's not one, she's not one to want to get this kind of recognition. And she's the first to message me on Flock, like in our, in our uh, team communication platform to say like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you mentioned me. But uh, Patricia, <laughs> Yeah, but Patricia, I just want to give you a shout out and thank you so much for cutting out all of that stuff because it saves me a lot of time. And yeah, it would make sense that I, I would just completely delegate editing the show to her, but I have her remove all that stuff so that I can actually listen to the show and be able to write the description and the essentially the show notes for the show afterward and not get distracted by the ums and the ahs. And so I want to thank Patricia so much for doing that so that it gives me that opportunity to really just listen to the show. But anyway, I was very much looking forward to the show because to this particular show, episode 21, because the common theme that I have picked up in the first 20 episodes is that when people come to our show, for whatever reason, and I know Nani and I, I feel like I can speak on behalf of Nani, like we are eternally grateful that when people do come on the show, they tend to leave with with a with with some sense of healing like feeling like they were affirmed they were validated and they felt like they were enough yeah and it's just so it's so interesting that so many of us filipino american women in our community feel like we are just not enough and and with this show when women have the opportunity to share their story they start or they continue to heal whatever things they need to heal in their life to be, become their better self. And so I remember when we were doing this episode, Nani, when I had casually said something like, 
your healing is so much more important than protecting other people's feelings. And I remember when I was editing that, I immediately forgot what I said. And so, and so it took me to edit the show to realize like, that's what I said. But I think, I think that's the truth about our show. And this is why I feel like a lot of people feel so comfortable being on our show is because we're not here to tell you who to be. We're just here to celebrate who you really are. And for whatever reason, Nani, a lot of Filipino American women don't hear that enough. And when they are on our show, they feel like they can finally embrace that. And, and that's a start of healing for so many people. Do you have any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that the majority of us are not told that at all. And so when we or when the people that we interview come on this show and we not only tell them that, but we also make them feel that we make them feel that that's a real thing. You can really just be yourself here. We really don't care how many followers you have or what you do for a living or what your career aspirations are or whatever it may be. We're really just here to highlight you as a person. I think that that really resonates deeply with people because they've never been told that before. That's never been okay for them before. I mean, at least I know that that's true for me. And I mean, honestly speaking, I am not, I have not been an interviewee. I have not shared my story and it's had that kind of impact for me. So I can only imagine what it's done for those who have been kind of thorough in in their elaboration of that yeah it's interesting because of all the shows of all the stories that we have shared it seems like our episode made it to the top for whatever reason yeah and we just want to thank you all for that and I think Nani and I and and Nani I don't want to continue to speak on your behalf but like (laughs) no please do (laughs) yeah but I do feel like we will definitely dedicate an episode for people that are interested in our stories to share that story. But now that we're like two hours in, I think that's a teaser. This this episode <laughs> <laughs> is a teaser for when we actually talk about ourselves. And honestly, Nani, I think I think we should save it for December. Okay. We're in town. I mean, okay. we'll, we'll continue to tease that people like throughout. Like, yeah episodes and stuff but I think it would be most fitting if we were together yeah I think that would be like super fun no I can only imagine what this will be like in person (laughs) (laughs) oh man I mean I was thinking that if we can't think of any kind of other program agenda for some kind of live show while you're here we could just throw like a birthday bash (laughs) tifa birthday bash and it just happens to be both of our birthdays too and just invite everybody and maybe we can think of some kind of agenda to go over like general topics to talk about but other than that if we get enough of the people that we've interviewed or talked to on instagram in one same room then i think the content just kind of makes itself Oh, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, my my primary objective when I visit the Bay Area is just to hang out with you, Nani. (laughs) So, yeah. So if anyone else happens to show up, that is a bonus for me. 
Yeah. But I just feel like I. You guys are all welcome to come hang out with us. Yeah, yeah. Here in the Bay. Exactly. December 17th to 19th. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because Nani and I are both introverts. And so, like, so you have to come to us. Exactly. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's true, but not really. Like, it's like sorry, but not sorry kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. We're like, we're, we're not gonna like go out our, we're not gonna go out of our way to like actively promote like a huge party. But if you want to come, you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly like the situation that's happening right now. Yes. All right, so I would just want to go ahead and give a shout out to one more episode, one of the top episodes that we want to feature for anyone that is listening to this episode or listening to the show for the first time and wants some shows to listen to you. So the the last one I want to mention is actually, no, no, there's two more that I want to mention, actually. This is going on for like three hours now. Go for it. The next one I want to mention is actually episode three. And this was actually featured at the start of Filipino American History Month. This was an episode, this was an episode that was done with Jolene Levid. It's episode 20 and it's titled, It's Okay, You Just Gotta Be Organized. And the thing with Jolene is that she honors many women in her life, including herself, that are survivors of some form of violence through her work as the Affirm founding chairperson, a United Teachers Los Angeles union organizer, and a social worker. So although the trauma of violence, war, and migration may have passed down from generation to generation, Jolene shares that survival and resilience have also been passed down to current generation. She believes that this strength is our power today and why, for 17 years and counting, She continues the fight for immigrant women's rights against militarism and trafficking of women and children. So this is episode 20 as a reminder, and we highly recommend that you listen to this. I want to share, I want to talk about this from from a personal level. I think it was very bold and brave of her to talk about how she had firsthand experience domestic violence. And more importantly, and in addition to that, she she is a person that is really good at organizing marches and everything. She has someone, she is someone who has expanded my mindset when it comes to marches. I used to think that marches were honestly a waste of time, but when she had described how the day of the march is the product of preparation, I was completely inspired by that. It made me realize that introverts are also integral, if not very important, when it comes to fighting for something big. She's very inspirational from a social justice aspect point of view, in that sense, for me. Yes. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. No, I, I definitely, wait, give me a second. It says my internet is unstable. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Take your time. Perfect. I'll be right. drinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally eating Pop-Tarts right now because I'm hungry. <laughs> I wish I had Pop-Tarts, so, like, kudos oh. to you or kudos to Scott. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I, I I totally prepared for carbs. I was like, when I drink wine, I need carbs. <laughs> I definitely should have done that. I just brought alcohol, <laughs> lots of alcohol. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, okay. I I know what you're trying to say, Nani. The, the the one thing like what is it when i when when Jolene joined our show i just i just loved how she just spoke 
it, it, it wasn't necessarily her minimizing her circumstances or what she's been through, but she just spoke so confidently about what she had been through. Like she normalized the fact that like, based on our on the past generations, women historically had dealt with domestic violence or had dealt with just being abused, abused, yes. abused sexually because of war and violence and in so many other reasons. And I just loved how I was just like immediately impressed that she just said it without choking. You know what I mean? Like, I think when some of us, I think even for myself, when I talk about things that are very traumatic for me, like I, I still remember when I had opened up to you and Clarice on Clarice, Clarice, Clarice Aguilera's episode about how I was molested and why that was so difficult. Like that was a story and the reason why it was difficult for me to really embrace my culture that I choked up on that. And I, I remember that I was trembling when I was telling that story. Mm-hmm. And yet for Jolene, be, because of whatever, sh- whatever work she had went through internally, whatever help she was able to receive for herself and self-care she received for herself, she was able to show up on her show as someone who had overcome it yes. and was able to just talk about it and normalize it and let other people know that, yes, you are not alone. Like this, this is part of our story. This is part of our history. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's something to embrace and it's something to fight for. And it's a narrative. Yeah, exactly. It's a narrative that we can bring light to, to the public and even rewrite for ourselves. So just, just something about her presence really resonated with me. And I'm not surprised that it resonated with our listeners as well. Yeah. No, me neither. I think that she definitely kind of validates that experience. And for me, like, just kind of being introduced to the education of it all and learning about just how historically this has been present for so long and how it's still present today. And Filipino Americans, like, don't even realize it most of the time was really profound to me. She's definitely someone that I want to continue conversation with and that I am pursuing conver- conversation with, continued conversation with. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I also I also remember that I loved her analogy of like if you're not ready to share your story, it's okay. Yeah. Because she she gave this analogy of people in a car and she said the people that are that have felt comfortable sharing their story are in the driver's seat. And if you feel like you need a hitchhike or you, if you feel like you need to be in the back seat, that's yeah. totally fine. But just join right. the ride. And then eventually if you feel comfortable, you can take the driver's seat. Yeah. And I just I just love that analogy and it's just it's just another example of it's it's another way of how we encourage people to absorb the show and get involved in the show is really like the fact that you're listening to this show is such a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's already a big deal that like you sought are, this out. Yeah, yeah. You, sought, you sought this out and you had decided to explore your identity and you, you try to find affirmation through our stories. Right. And so like that is already a big deal. 
like, because there's a lot, I, I do believe that culturally there's a lot of shame. And we talked about this already, like probably an hour ago, but there's a lot of shame in exploring your identity outside of your family dynamic. So the fact that you're here today to explore your identity with us is just such an incredible honor. And I I feel like I can say that so much more with conviction now, Nani, because of all the feedback we have received from our community. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, so anyway, with that said, shout out to Jolene Levid. Her episode is 20. Episode 20 that was released on the first day of Filipino American History Month. So shout out to you, Jolene. We appreciate you. We love you. And for our listeners, we encourage you to listen to her show. So the last two things that I wanted to cover that, that in addition to incorporating the Panay visionary stuff in it. And I think that it would be most important since our listeners seem to enjoy listening to us. (laughs) <laughs> I hope is, so. <laughs> appar- I mean, apparently, if we're, if we're up there in terms of, like, yeah. the most, like, downloads. Yeah, I didn't um, realize that was the next, like, after anybody had been interviewed, like, the next viewed or played or downloaded, whatever you call it. Yeah. No, it's – I – I'm very – I'm very shocked. I'm I'm just as shocked as you are. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's just like a testament to the fact that we are both imperfect and we are still continuing to put ourselves out there anyway. So why don't we just kind of like wrap up this call, uh, sharing a little bit about our stories. And so I the way I think the best way we can do that is by go by by answering the interview questions that we typically answer our to we tip. Sorry. We typically ask our guests. Okay. And so the, I think I think two questions that I want to ask for us, and we can take turns asking each other it. And what do you call it? <laughs> I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk. Okay. All good. Is, <laughs> I am too. <laughs> yeah. Is asking each other, um, I think, three questions. And this might go for another hour, but that's completely okay. Cause apparently, that's fine. Yeah. According to our stats, people like hearing us talk about ourselves. So yeah. So if this um, ends up being a three hour episode, you guys will still listen, right? Yes. I'm glad. <laughs> and here, here's what I love the most about podcasting, Nani, is that people can pause and then like their podcast app tends to like keep it at that point until they're ready to listen to it again. So that, I think that's the beauty of podcasting is people just like with a book, people can kind of pick up where they left off. Yeah. It's a conversation, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't think of this as like, Oh, we're talking longer than we normally do. My, my philosophy has always been like the show the show needs to be as long as it needs to be. The me- right. like, as long as we get the message out there for people that want to hear this, then so be it. We're going to talk as long as we need to talk. Yeah, so, no, I'm with that. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there's let, – let's go ahead and, like, kind of shift gears for this last part of the interview or last part of the show to kind of wrap up Filipino American History Month. And uh, three questions that I want us to go over together is getting to know each other, talking about why we identify as Filipino-American women, talking about our life today, just a snapshot of our life. And then lastly, what what is kind of like the number one lesson we have learned since since we started this project together? Does that okay. sound good? That sounds good to me. 
Okay, let's wrap up with that because I'm I'm pretty sure this is gonna be a, a three hour special. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. So let me ask you first, Nani. So this podcast show is dedicated to individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. And so, Nani, tell us a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman today. Okay, so I am half Russian. My mom is white. She's Russian-American. And my dad is a Filipino-American. He was born in the Philippines in, I don't know how to say this, Cavite? 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 That, yes. Yes. Which is my first stop in the Philippines before Smoky Mountain. When I go in January, so I will be much more versed in that then or after that trip. Anyway, my dad was raised there until he was, I don't know, maybe six or seven. My grandparents came back here. My grandfather was in the Navy and they had my uncle. They moved back to the Philippines for some reason. This story, I don't, I still don't know to this day, so don't ask me. <laughs> but they moved back to the Philippines, had my other uncle, and then came back and started mm-hmm. their family in the Bay Area in Vallejo, California, which is where my dad and my uncles were raised. And my mom is white. She's Russian-American, born and raised also in Oakland, California. And yes, so... I identify as a Filipino American because my dad and my mom. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Why am I on this show? <laughs> well, actually, so I'm, I'm asking, I want to ask this from like a purely curious standpoint. Okay. Yes, um, please do. <laughs> please ask me a specific question. So, so like, you know, very often if we see someone, at least for me in my perspective, when I see someone as pale skinned or fair skinned, I would assume that they're white. And so, yes. you know, because you are part Russian, do you identify as part white because of your pale skin or because that's what Russians would identify themselves as when they're in America? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I know zero about being Russian. I know zero about being, like, American, essentially. I've always identified with my Filipina heritage and my Filipina side of myself, even to this day. Like, for example, my dad, I have a thousand probably cousins every time I go to like a funeral, a wedding, some kind of family reunion, I always meet new people that I'm related to. In that sense, like my my dad's mom was one of like eight or something, like a lot of siblings who had a lot of offspring who are still very much connected. So my dad's like my Filipino family is very big. Whereas my Russian side My white side of my family is very small. Since I was a kid, it was just essentially the six of us, my grandma, my mom, my aunt, and their two daughters, me and my cousin. And so it was a very, like, 
180 degree kind of experience being surrounded by kids that were my age going through what I was going through, people that I could relate to, people that felt like siblings to me or best friends to me, but at the end of the day were not my blood siblings or my best friends. That was a really interesting experience to navigate for me, but that's what I essentially define being Filipino American by because like I said before, or like I've mentioned before on this podcast, what I know about being Filipino American is unfortunately within the context of my own family and being on this podcast or writing blog posts on my blog is my way of exploring that outside of my own family. Unfortunately, what I know currently is not much without my family experience. So that is how I identify as a Filipino American, if that explains, <laughs> if that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it does. And for someone that, for someone such as myself, who doesn't necessarily identify as like a mixed person, I'm always fascinated by Mestizas because also I grew up, because I was considered like full Filipino, I had always kind of admired, if not envied, Mestizas because given, wait, wait, give me a second. Uh, honey, what are you doing? Sorry, my husband's here. <laughs> I'm, I'm on an interview. Go away. No, like, yes, that's, still. <laughs> that's my wine bottle. He's, my husband is taking. You already some, got three. We get one. Take, yeah, honey, I took. He's taking some of my wine. Like, or two. You, you want to say hi to Nani, my co-host? Hi, Scott. Here, wait. Let me. Let me. Put <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, Sorry, he's gonna Scott. join us for a quick second here. Here, yeah, put on, yeah. Hang on. So put it on your. Okay, so so Nani, this is Scott. Is my husband? Say hi. Hi, Scott. Hi, Nani. How are you? <laughs> you're, you're being recorded. I'm doing right great. Now. Oh, of course. Don't I have the best podcasting voice? I'm feeling great. <laughs> I have the what voice? The best podcasting so, voice. So, oh, so I love that. Thank you. <laughs> you no. no, I was saying I do. But you do. You do too. Wait, what? Hello? So, so, yeah, yeah, we're here. So Scott was saying that he's all like, don't I have the best podcasting voice ever? And then he said, he said, yeah, yeah, because he's self-centered like that. But then he complimented your voice as well. So, so there you go. Because I thought he was talking about me, so my bad. <laughs> no, I, I, I was just joking. It's like anytime I come on a on a an interview, people always say, "Oh my God, you have a great radio voice." So I just want to make sure that the, the Filipino uh, uh, American woman community understands has a good radio yeah, radio voice. voice. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, I, hey, I I just want to say I really appreciate the support you've given to Jen. <laughs> Honestly. Oh my God, my no, pleasure. This is this has been so fun to watch happen, and it's been fun to watch from the uh, cheap uh, the cheap seats, the nosebleeds, the nosebleeds. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, thank you. Yes, we for... appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Right. Are you are you done here? <laughs> Okay. He's like, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I took I took my earpiece back.
Okay, love you. Thanks for okay. drinking part of my wine bottle. I appreciate we appreciate it. the fans. Yes. Yeah. Nani says love. She, she appreciates the fans, and you're part of that. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You can close the door now. <laughs> love you. Okay. Bye. <laughs> He's like, I don't know about her, but bye. <laughs> yeah. No. He was no. Anyway, that's Scott. <laughs> <laughs> just, he just like walked in to get more of my wine. That's great. That's great. You have a whole case, Scott. Yeah, I know. He literally does. He has like a whole box of like. Get your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. No, I. Well, he's like literally. He's like literally more than twice my weight, so he can drink like more than me. So. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. I just try to keep up. <laughs> I yeah yeah absolutely I totally get that feeling. Okay anyway so let me go ahead and talk about why I identify as a Filipino American woman. Okay so from from so as I have mentioned at the beginning of the show like I have a I have some mental blocks when it comes to really connecting with my family and pulling out the stories that I would wish to pull out of them. But until then, my understanding, my dad was from Zimbales and my mom was from Bulacan and they had met in Alangapol in the city when my mom had decided to go to college in Alangapol. And uh, apparently at the time, my mom had, or what is it? My dad had been dating someone else and then eventually uh, he had, yeah, he, yeah, he had chose to, see. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I knew more details, <laughs> but anyway, he had decided to pursue my mom and then he decided to join the military. And that was kind of like their reason as to why they chose to get married. And then uh, what do you call it? When my, so at the time, my dad and his family were farmers and even my mom's side. So I come from a family of farmers. Like even, I, I don't know if they had sold the land today, but from the last I had remembered, my mom's side owned a couple of acres of land. They kind of joke that my grandpa married my grandma because of her land <laughs> in, in Bulacan. So she owned a couple that's acres. probably not a joke to them. <laughs> yeah, joking, joking, but not joking. But yeah, he had, jo- he, uh, she had, jo- uh, what do you call it? She had owned a couple of acres of rice fields and everything. And anyway, and then on my dad's side, my dad had also in Zabala's, him and his family had far- uh, farmland. And my dad from what my from what his sister my aunt had told me my dad actually loved farming but at the time when the US was accepting what do you call it like just uh like just allowing like Filipinos to join the military at the time my grandpa his dad had told him like yeah you love farming but you need to you need to pursue something bigger and better and so he had encouraged my dad to join the military and so that's how he became engineer in the US Navy and so he, you know, he brought, he brought my mom and the first place that they were stationed in Japan, in Yokosuka, Japan, naval base. And that's when him and my mom gave birth to my older brother. So my older brother and I are about a year and a half apart. And so he was born in 1986. And then I was born about a year later, 1987. And then they had actually moved back and forth from Japan to California. In fact, one of the first places they were stationed at in America was in the Bay Area. But I was so young, I was a baby still, that I didn't even, I had no idea that I was ever there. So I 
yeah, I forgot where I was, but when I do remember the city, I do recall that it's one of the most Filipino Filipino populated areas. So if I could remember that city, I'm I'm pretty sure it would make sense if I brought it onto the show. But anyway, we kind of moved back and forth from California to Japan until in 1998, I had unfortunately lost my dad. He was 18 years in the military and he was going to what do you call it? He was going to finish his service in Japan, like where I was born in Yokosuka, Japan. He was going to finish 20 years in Yokosuka, Japan. But unfortunately, we lost him. And because we no longer had a sponsor for us to stay in Japan on American soil, we had to move back to California. And so we moved back to San Diego, where my uncle had lived. And he was he had a home at that time. And so we decided to move into that home. And then in 1998, we moved from, what do you call it? If anyone lives in San Diego near Palm Avenue, we live, that was where we first lived. And then we moved to Chula Vista, California, which is kind of like what I guess some people consider like a, like a safer, (laughs) a safer neighborhood. And so anyway, that, that is how I identify as a Filipino American woman is that both my parents were, were of Filipino descent and they have immigrated, you know, even though their first place of immigration was in Japan, it was because it was on American soil and because they were American. And so, yeah, that's how I, that's how I identify as a Filipino American woman. And of course I, identify most with the female perspective. I I do identify as a straight person that is attracted to to men. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like in the heteronormative kind of criteria when it comes to like sexuality. Yeah. yeah, category. Although there is more to that story, which I always like to share more in person. So teaser there. But other than that, yeah, for I, that's only <laughs> yes, for Nani only. Yes, exactly. For Nani and for anyone that wants to meet up Just with Just kidding. Nani. If you guys want to come over, you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so anyway, that's my long explanation as to why I identify as a Filipino American woman. And of course, I was, I feel like a lot of people, there, there's a, I think everyone kind of has their take on what they consider as a first and second generation. So for me, I consider my parents as first generation because they arrived to America first. And then I consider myself second generation because I was the second and I was actually like born and raised as an American. So that's that's how I consider myself as a a second generation Filipino-American. Okay, I have not thought really thoroughly about that, but... I guess I I am I mean I could say the same my dad was born in the Philippines he was there for a long time my grandparents came here they had another baby then moved back to the Philippines had another baby but my dad was still I don't know it's hard to kind of crack my op- crack my dad open about his experience before he came to America I don't know if it's because he doesn't remember much or because he just doesn't want to share it. I'm not sure what the reason is, but it's it's very vague when I try to ask him about that. But yeah, sorry, I don't I don't know where I was. Well, why don't why don't we talk about like, you know, if if anything how like if you if you try to identify as a certain generation, what do you identify as? And and that I feel like 
I just want to like emphasize like that's the purpose of this project is for us to share our story and how we identify ourselves as. So like okay. based based on the knowledge that you know, Nani, and like where you are at in life, like what kind of Filipino American woman would you identify yourself as today? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. I would technically speaking identify myself as a second generation American because my dad was born in the Philippines and he came here after he already knew kind of what life was like in the Philippines and then even went back there after to experience it again and only to be brought back here again. (laughs) So where I is If you guys have been listening to the past episodes on this show about where I talk about my dad and his experience, then you kind of understand what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, essentially that's like the bare minimum on what I would qualify myself on qualifying as identifying as a Filipino-American. I think that our experience is also different. There's a lot of kind of common denominators, but the experiences themselves are also different that I think that that's the purpose of this show Mm -hmm. to kind of highlight how different our experiences can be, yet we can all identify, like we can all still feel that same place of belonging. We can all start at that same kind of origin. And that's what is important to me. But I I understand that my experience or my my family's experience in migrating here might be different than than a lot of other people. Yeah, and I think that's just the most that that's the thing about our experience overall is that there's no cookie cutter experience. Right. There's so not think, a right answer. Exactly. And so that's why I asked you specifically how you identify yourself because only you can answer that. It's not like it's not like we can bring an expert in here, whatever an expert would look like. Yeah. <laughs> right, because what is an expert at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, I just, the, all that. So, yeah. awesome. Well, why don't Aside we go from at, someone who's actually living that experience. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, Nani, if you wanted to talk about life today or talk about a life lesson today based on, yeah, Yeah. based on our experiences so far. So what would you like to focus on? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's fine. I will give a snapshot of my life today, which is basically I work a nine to five at a, I guess you could say, you could say, stable organization, stable healthcare organization, sorry, because I know to Filipinos that's important. (laughs) Stable, yeah, you got to say the stable word. (laughs) For sure, for sure. I work a nine to five at a stable healthcare organization that's not necessarily fulfilling to me, but it pays my bills and it maintains a certain financial stability that I would not otherwise know how to create for myself if I didn't have a traditional kind of nine to five job. And it's, it's not that I hate it or 
look down on it in any kind of way. It's just that I wish that it would incorporate more of my creative side to it. And that's what I'm currently trying to work towards within that company is how to incorporate more of my personal brand and ideas that I have into my day-to-day work. On the side, I have a blog that I write for, which is called notesbynani.com, a website that I'm setting up as we speak. And it highlights content on my own kind of family's heritage and experience, as well as just the stereotypes that we deal with and and how we deal with those things in real time. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm into creative things. I love art. I love music. I love writing and I love to create myself. I mean, I love to express myself in those ways. Other than that, I'm kind of spiraling here. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's beautiful though. I think it's all part of the experience of being a Filipino American woman is that I know there are people who resonate with you who are probably working a full-time job that they do it because it pays for the bills. And it also kind of gives you that peace of mind that you can pursue your passion without worrying yeah. about the bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. On your own time. Yeah, because, you know, here's the thing. Like for me, if you're asking me about my life today, my life today is about pursuing my passions but it comes at a cost. <laughs> like right, my husband. Just my, most people don't think about before they take that plunge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, for people that are listening to the show for the first time, part of why I have chosen to dive into sales and entrepreneurship since about like 2010, essentially. So for almost a decade now is because I sort of had to. I, <laughs> I was actually fired from four jobs consecutively in a course of like a handful of years. And my best friend had told me, I don't think he was like, girl, I don't think you're meant for a job. And so I got into sales and I got into it haphazardly. It was not sexy at all. I had burnt a lot of bridges with like friends and family. And, and eventually I came at a crossroads. I was involved with a networking organization and I had volunteered as their social media coordinator And the thing is that I had been on social media since I was basically 13 years old. I started bar, I started blogging when I was 13. And so it was just like second nature for me. And so I remember at this networking event, when someone saw my skill set, they had asked me, so how much do you charge for your services? And I was like, let me get back to you. And so (laughs) so I like, no joke. I spent the whole evening, like I had, I pulled an all nighter to come up with a business plan and some like, you know, social media packages. And five years later, I had this online marketing agency because of that conversation. However, as, as, as sexy as that sounds, I I always feel like I have to kind of like, like set the tone for people and let, like, let for people who are considering this, this path, I want to be realistic with you. I don't want to like brag that, oh my God, this is the life and I'm such an influencer. You know? Right, right, like, right, right. Like, I just want to be real with all of you. Like, it's not easy. <laughs> like, yes, like three years in a row, I had doubled my income. And then by the fifth year, I had lost like five of the biggest like 
like clients I had ever had. And so that that was actually around winter time, the time when you would spend the most because you want to buy presents for the people that you love. Right. And you're like, how am I going to afford this? Like, how am I going to like, how am I going to like provide these gifts for my family and and reassure them that this life I have chosen has been worth it <laughs> when when I had lost these clients. So, you know, it's correct. Yeah. Like you feel like you have to defend yourself and what you want to do for so long. And then as soon as you get the chance to actually take the plunge and do it, it's like, oh, if everything doesn't go 100 percent according to plan, then it's a failure. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about like entrepreneurship for anyone that is interested is that it's not never going to be that straight path. Exactly. It's not linear. It's not progressive. It doesn't just get better and get and get better and better and better. uh, You actually go through like ups and downs. Sometimes the downs are so much bigger than the ups. Right. And you have to get really creative. Like you you decide to be part of this journey because you want to challenge yourself to be creative and resourceful. But it is not easy. Right. And you have to really want that for yourself. Absolutely. What anybody else is going to say about it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's two things that I want to say that I feel quite fortunate about. One, my health. Like, I'm glad I'm in a position where I'm not sick. I don't have like a disability. So yeah. like as long as I I know, I know I joke a lot about like how I like to go to McDonald's and eat unhealthy, but I'm actually a pretty healthy person. Like I do like I've done kickboxing. Um, I'm about to join a CrossFit gym. I do have a beach that I run on quite frequently. Like I have a dog that forces me to go out of the house. So like yeah. like I'm so grateful for my health because I know that if I was disabled or had a health issue, this would be very difficult for me. And then two, I feel very fortunate that I have my husband because he is just as crazy as I am, if not more, like twice, like just infinitely more crazy than I am. (laughs) And we, you know, I'm very fortunate that he has a background in finance. And so to him, like, even if we are in debt, even if we are in the negative, that doesn't phase him. And one thing that you, that you kind of learn about entrepreneurship is that there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. And you have to learn how to identify the difference because if you just see debt as bad, then yeah, like obviously you're going to want to get a job and you're going to want to seek out stability because I think in our culture, Filipino culture, we see debt as bad, but yeah. there is a, there is a difference between good and bad debt. So anyway, I just feel, I just feel very compelled to sharing this side of my journey for people who kind of like are trying to peek into this lifestyle, but I just want to let you know that it's not easy and you really have to kind of like see that you have to see that like what you're trying to pursue is greater than you. And, and you're looking for delayed gratification, not immediate gratification, because it is a journey and it takes a long time. And there's no such thing as an overnight success. (laughs) So you have to be really clear on like your why, your purpose, like the reason that you're doing this. Yes. So I feel like I feel so compelled to sharing that because I I feel like I I know firsthand that there are a lot of people who believe in the philosophy of fake it till you make it. 
And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. There's all these influencers who focus on having the prettiest photos and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you if you actually follow my personal instant my my personal my personal social media, I don't post a lot because it takes a lot. Like honestly, it takes a lot of effort for me to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. like I honestly, I feel personally, I feel like it's a waste of time to like try to find yeah. a photographer and like kind of create that perception that my life is awesome. <laughs> that's just my personal choice you know like there are different right. people like right. I know I know like recently we had right like, no judgment at all yeah exactly like I know recently we had interviewed Kara Fabea and she's all about fashion so of course you're gonna take photos right but for me it's just it's just a different priority so this is not about bashing on anyone that's all about like doing selfies and stuff like that it's just priorities for me and and so that's just where I'm at right now in terms of like try like like I'm not an influencer because right now I just feel like it's not worth my time to be right. to be an influencer. Right. So so anyway, I I totally overexplained on like where I'm at today, but hopefully <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully for people that are listening in that are considering this lifestyle of like self-employment because I know a lot of Filipino Americans start to kind of peek into it when they feel yeah. like a stable job isn't for them. I feel compelled to letting you all know that it is a tough journey and you cannot do it alone. You just cannot. Like if you yeah. think if you think you could be the super solopreneur I'm going to let you know now that's really difficult and that's a lie because even people who try to come off as a solopreneur as like maybe the the business coach or the life coach that can do it all, they probably have virtual assistants working with them. Like they have some form of assistance and they're really not doing it all. And if they are for doing sure. it all, then like, yeah, if they are doing it all, then like, like good for them. Like that, that is a business concept that I have just come to realize that does not work for me. I cannot do it all. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Like, that's normal, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So anyway, enough with that. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead, Nani, and shift gears. So, because I, I feel like this conversation has to end eventually. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, like, okay, I normally just eat, like, one set of Pop-Tarts a day, and I'm totally on my second set of Pop-Tarts right oh now. Oh, my God, I love it. I wish I had some Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I'm, I'm going really to buy you Pop-Tarts when I'm in town. <laughs> Honestly, when I pick you up from the airport, that's the first stop we can make. <laughs> yes, Wine absolutely. and Pop-Tarts. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm all about it. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have a whole agenda when I'm in Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to happen. I'm going to email you my itinerary to fly in. So I'm going to email day. you my itinerary. <laughs> yes. I'm all about it. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So, Nani, I, so when we first started this show, I remember in one of our past episodes, you had said that, Sorry, I feel, I feel like I'm salivating because I have Pop-Tarts in my mouth as I'm trying to talk. Oh, my God, it's fine. I'm envisioning having Pop-Tarts in my mouth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, when we first started talking, I know you had mentioned that you're not necessarily someone who can give life lessons, but you are someone that is all about taking the life lessons from yeah. our guests on the show. And so – We've been we've been at this together since summer, and although that seems like it's a short time, I feel like you and I have really evolved in these last couple of months. 
So let's go ahead and kind of wrap up the show with good feelings. That's really what this project is about, is meeting you where you're at, not where you were or where you think you should be. It's about meeting you where you're at today. Because in this moment in time, you are more than enough. You really are. And if you need more convincing, you can DM us. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. You can email us. Just do what you need to do that where you feel most comfortable to reach out and be like, you know, I know you guys said what you said, but I still need some convincing. Yeah. And Nani and I are more than happy to reach out. We're not, okay, mind you, we're not therapists, so let's just put that out there. <laughs> but we are Filipina women or Filipina Americans who are trying to figure it out just as much as you are. And we really try to speak from a place of love and support and compassion and empathy. With that said, I want to share my overall lesson and I feel like for me, this is, this is just speaking from a woman of faith. And this is actually a Bible, for, a Bible verse that has stuck with me for many years. And the Bible for the, what do you call it? Oh my God. I'm like, I'm saying first, <laughs> say verse. Bible verse. <laughs> you said that, you said that in such a sexy way. <laughs> just record over it. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I'll just say like, I, like when I'm about to say Bible verse, I'll just like put Bible your place over. Yes. <laughs> so for our listeners, I am a woman of faith, and I I don't like to say I'm a woman of faith in a traditional way because I'm a very I'm a woman that is all about acceptance, and I'm a big uh, advocate for the LGBTQ community and all that. And so if uh, if you've already counted me out because I said that, then good for you. Totally up to you, your truth, <laughs> your life. <laughs> yeah, your life, all about it. Like, I'm in full support of that. But as a woman of faith, for me, my life lesson is a reoccurring life lesson that continues to just transcend time. And it's my favorite Bible verse, which is Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3, which talks about how there's a time for everything. And I won't like, I won't like, I won't recite the entire Bible verse, but if you want to look it up, you could always Google it. And it talks about essentially how there's a time for every moment in life. You know, there's a time to grieve and there's a time to celebrate. There's a time to build and there's a time to break down. There's a time to love people and there's a time to let people go. And if there's one thing that I've learned throughout the show or that continue to affirm that Bible verse is that we are all in different stages of our life. And that is completely okay. Because even if we don't know the purpose of that moment, it doesn't matter. The The most important thing is that we are living that moment and we are living it to the best of our ability. And there is a greater purpose for that. Even if you don't see it, even if you cannot define it, there's still a purpose for that. And for anyone who is struggling and cannot necessarily define their why or cannot define like what their purpose in life is, I just want to reassure you that that is completely okay. You don't have to know it all. Sometimes you can have an idea of it but still like put yourself out there and still and still speak your truth even if you don't understand it 100% because there are people who are going to interpret that in their own way and their life is going to change because of you because of you haphazardly putting yourself out there and so i cannot emphasize enough that your story is extremely valid and extremely needed for the show 
And I just want to thank everyone who's been on the show so far and uh, for the people that we still have yet to publish. Like the fact that so many women have considered themselves worthy, like ladies, we are a month out. <laughs> we like I am a month behind when it comes to editing these shows. Right. Because, yeah, because so many of you have stepped forward to share your story, to share your passion, to share like what industry you're involved in, your expertise, oh, that's and your so insight. Yes. Yeah. And I just want to thank you all and, and let you know that it is such an extreme honor to be in this position for someone such as myself. And I think many of us that are still trying to figure it out. And yet you trust us anyway. You trust us anyway to come to us and consider our space as a safe space for you to share your story. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's, yes, it's thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We are extremely grateful. And of course, Nani, I've already like spoken so highly of you at the beginning of the show, but for you to be part of this journey is just, it helps me too. And I want you to know that. And and I just, I just can't emphasize how grateful I am because you're, you're like my immediate feedback to this project. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know that. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. totally. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be that. And like I said, I feel like you have kind of been the auntie that I never had overnight. And it's a weird experience for me because I wasn't expecting that and probably you because you probably weren't expecting that also. But I'm I'm just so grateful to have found this connection with you and with with our followers on Instagram, the Filipino American Woman Podcast Show page. Everyone that's interacting with us is it's been amazing. And even if you just have one or two lines to contribute to the experiment or the experience, that means everything to us and it it contributes. Yes. It means something. So we appreciate that. And thank you for doing that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's not like I started the show and I was all like, I'm going to be someone's ate one day. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, that's, that's, that's not the purpose that you started it for. It's right. my purpose that I found <laughs> in, in joining it or in being involved in it. And it's other people's purpose that they found in just listening in. And so that's the beauty of it is that we didn't define that for you. We just, we created it. Like that's yeah. what you've meant to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you all for being a part of this project, whether you're just listening in or commenting in every now and now and then every download, every play, every time you share or recommend the show or occasionally comment in or like or post or just anything, any form of engagement, just so you know, it, it just adds to this project and it helps people such as me and myself or me, me and myself. <laughs> you and Nani. <laughs> I'm here still. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nani and myself, it just, it's really affirming for both of us. And it's just one more reason why we continue to invest so much time yes. on this show. Yes. So with that said, I, Nani, I feel like that's a great way to conclude the show for today. 
It was, <laughs> I, I feel like we can talk forever, but I feel like the show has eventually come to an end. Do you have any closing thoughts for Filipino American History Month? To be honest, I feel like, or I have shared as much as I'm comfortable sharing just because I've never been to the Philippines before. I've never been in this kind of environment before trying to talk about the things that I am trying to talk about now. If I come back from that trip and it is all like a-okay, then I will be much louder about what I'm trying to kind of promote at this point in my life. But outside of that, I think I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I just wanted to share one more thing. If I haven't shared enough in the last three hours, four, probably four now. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't noticed. (laughs) No, I I only noticed because, like, I just see the time right above our names. You've been watching the clock, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I like to bring it up as a joke, but I'm honestly not counting it down. I'm not like, okay, we got to wrap it up now. I'm just, I just like to bring it up as a joke. So I I feel like overall, to kind of wrap up Filipino American History Month, I I think that a lot of us, at least myself, had already kind of disqualified myself when it comes to contributing to Filipino American History Month. Because when I think of history, I, I, I think of the colonial times, or I think of the indigenous times, the times before we were colonized. And I feel like I, I feel like there was a time where I had considered that my my time did not contribute to history. And so I just want to thank you all, any everyone that has been featured this month and for everyone that has contributed to acknowledging a Panay visionary. I want to thank you all for contributing to this month, to contributing to Filipino American History Month overall, because our stories today and our recommendations of other stories and other people, other Panay's are valid and they're so much needed. And I just want to thank you all because I truly believe that one day we're going to look back at the show. We're going to look back at these podcast episodes and we're going to think like, damn, like I was a part of that. Like I added to our overall oral history. And I'm so glad that even though I felt so imperfect, so undeserving of that time, I'm so glad I did that anyway, because someone else had listened to that show and had reached out to me and said, thank you. Thank you for that. And every email that we get, every direct message we get where people send us a narrative of how grateful, like a novel of how grateful they are for the show. Right. It just compels me so much more to just be unapologetically me (laughs) and to just continue to contribute to the Filipino, the Filipina American experience overall. So thank you all so much. I want to wish you all a happy Filipino American History Month. And I hope that you will join us for next year for the next Filipino American History Month, because I'm sure it's going to be a good one. And not in, and until then, you are always more than welcome to join us on our show and share your story or share anything that you feel like will uh, contribute to the Filipino American woman experience. Yes, please hit us up. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Nani, I think that's it. I think we should stop recording now. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Yes, yes. So 
if if uh, I have the patience, I will probably add some references we brought on the show in the show notes. But if not, or you can do that when you edit it, like <laughs> <laughs> days <Yeah>. later. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Um, if not, listeners, pl- uh, pay close attention to the people we bring up on the show, and I highly encourage you to look them up. And to look up the resources we had mentioned, this was a very long episode. And I feel like in comparison to the shows we've done so far, it's very unorthodox. But I hope you appreciate it because we have appreciated you and your feedback. And based on the numbers, based on what you all like, we hope that this show fulfilled what you were looking for. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. All right, so I will stop the recording in a minute. But yeah, with that said, everyone, thank you all so much for listening. Happy happy Filipino American History Month. Shout out to all the Panay visionaries that have been highlighted this month, not just with the Filipino American Woman Podcast Show, but with every other organization, every other podcast show, every other individual or whatever project is out there that, that is promoting Filipino American History Month and Panay visionaries. Thank you all so much for collectively working together to normalize our stories for future generations to come to feel like to just automatically feel like they matter and so just thank you thank and you are represented yes yes absolutely all right with that said nani any closing thoughts <laughs> I feel like I should not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I'll go with we're all good. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. All right, everyone, to our listeners, really our kumades, I am, this is, this is my official start. Okay, so just note it at this episode. I, moving forward, I will call our listeners kumades. I want to thank our kumades so much for being involved in our show, for listening in, and we look forward to speaking with you on our next episode. Thank you, Nani, again, always for uh, co-hosting with me. I really appreciate you. Yes, thank you, as always. Nice to talk to you all. Happy Filipino American History Month. Yes, and we will see you in a new month, in a new chapter, with a new us and a new you. New that's season. A, yeah, yes. new season. Yes. That's season very, two. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's extremely corny, but just, just humor us. Just humor us. We're like still drinking. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up now. Okay. Okay. Bye, Nani. <laughs> bye, Jen. <laughs> bye.